Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're to another year in gaming episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who is counting games with me tonight? Uh, this is Blake Anglin traveling back to 2012. <laughs> this is everyone's favorite king of useless knowledge, Joe Butler. And it's uh, vintage Carrie Chandler Carusetta on Twitch. And welcome, guys. And I'm glad that we're actually getting this done because I promised myself and the fans that we would do this this year. And I'm like, oh, shit, the year's getting almost over. Yeah. <laughs> we are here to talk about Year in Gaming 2012, where we kind of just talk about random shit that came out that year and see where we end up. Because I never know with these episodes. So <laughs> you, you know what came out in 2012 is my son, <laughs> which is probably why my list of games that I played is pretty short. Yeah, that would that would do it for sure. I as I'm going th- as I was going through this yesterday, trying to make my top three for the end part of this episode. I'm like, man, there are a lot of games in 2012 that I meant to play and never have. I found a lot. I found a lot of games. I played, yeah, I found a lot of games that I played that came out of 2011. That I that I I was like looking at the 2012 list, and it was a, and it was a lot of like remasters of games or re-releases or gold editions of 2011 games that I was like, oh, I played that. Oh, it was 2011, though. Oh, I played yeah, that. It, 2011 I was a banger. It was like, yeah, 2011 was a banger. He had Skyrim in 2011. Like, everything came out in 2011. <laughs> and then 2012. Did Skyrim come out in 2011? It did. It was 11, 11, 11. 2011, yes. Goddamn. I still Skyrim get to play game of 2012 because I was still playing it so much from because it came out like November 2011. Oh, I, I didn't so. get it till 2012, so I because I, yeah. I back then I was very cheap and would I would only buy games after they were on sale. So I'm still cheap for the most part. <laughs> I don't need to be. I just am. <laughs> well, no, now I'm now I'm like you know Mr. Monopoly. I'm just like throwing. Oh, you want oh a new game that I won't play for another year and a half? Yes, please. Yes. I'm more of yeah. humble bundle with games that I'll never touch, but for ten dollars, you got it. Or the HIO bundles with 200-something games, and you don't even remember if you bought them or not. <laughs> those are for charities. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. Oh, first game that I, I want to talk about, just because it's on the top of this list, random list that I have pulled up. The Walking Dead, a Telltale game, came out in 2012. Which it I did. forgot. And yeah, I love that game so much. I, <sighs> that... I, it's a game that I loved at the time that I don't think I will ever, ever want to replay. Don't. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like don't the do formula. I don't think actually anymore. I think that was like a brief moment in time where I really liked that formula, and then thinking about playing any of those games ever again, I'm like, and I own a lot of them, and I'm just like, ah, I don't. I, I I want some action to my game. I don't want to just make decisions. It's just not. I my think thing. they're more notable for how they kind of have informed like the choose your own adventure genre, as opposed yeah. to like how good a games they are specifically. Yeah, but I, I did. I will say the storytelling in Walking Dead season one, like that's the first game that ever made me cry. Like I cried. That's fantastic. Game that game. Yeah, it was. It's on my it short was, list here for sure. It, it was. It was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Spoilers. It was on mine too. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, we played it for the show. God, like two years ago or over. No, last year I think it was. And I last just year. have no. No desire to go back to it. Like I, I remember, I'm like, okay, we're gonna do. You know, I'm gonna do more of these, and that game is so just depressing. And I'm just like, I don't oh, that like too. That. It, it is depressing. I didn't even think about the depressing. Is it harder now because you're a dad? I usually feel like that's what it is. You go back to this game and you're a dad now. It's always like, oh man. Oh, for me, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I was a dad at the time, but yeah, now it would be even more so now that I've I've had time to actually, you know, get to like a kid, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm just joking. Well, I no, played it. It is though. It is like as I don't know, like as a parent, like it, that it, it makes it especially. Yeah, I mean, I was a dad when it when I played it 
the first time in 2012. But since then, like, as I said on the show before, my son doesn't live with me and things like that. And I don't see him as much. And, like, I think that made it even harder to go through that game. And I just, yeah. I mean, we did episode 144, but, like, I want to play more of the series. I, unfortunately, have had things spoiled in the series because I'm in a Walking Dead group and they post stuff. Not Mm -hmm. their fault. My fault for not playing, you know, a game that came out years ago, never finishing it. But I just I have no desire to go back to it. Like I mean, I want to for the show because I'm like I should. I but I just yeah, just can't. Yeah, I have to say I think it's the best version of Walking Dead too. Like I like it more than the comic, and I like it more than the TV show. That's fair. And I do like I the think, comic. I think that is. And fair. I like the TV show. I like the first like five seasons of the TV show, but uh, that I feels just think like it should so, be a bold so take. Good. But it's so it's so obviously true now that you've said it. Honestly. Well, I think the Walking Dead TV series especially suffers from the same problem as Game of Thrones that people forget how good yeah. it was because yeah. of, by how bad it got, you know. And I yeah. think the, co- the comic, the comic, I I kind of feel similarly about the comic. Honestly, like the comic is good, but it does it to it eventually just feel like it's emotionally manipulating you. And I'm just that's how I felt about the TV show. Eventually, is I was just <laughs> like I just felt like I'm being emotionally manipulated, and it's not really storytelling so much as just it's trying to trigger my emotions whereas the the game really felt like a real story like i cared about those characters i cared about like is it kenny is that his name yeah. the dude the dude kenny, yeah. the, the trucker hat. family the trucker hat oh, like i really cared about kenny and there's a point where he wants you to make a decision and i'm like man i can't say no to you kenny like is the way i felt about anders and darks in a uh, dragon in a uh, dragon age 2 when anders gives you that big decision at the end and i'm like i can't say no to anders he's my bro like I can't yeah, say Kenny no to you. Was my yeah. And Kenny, yeah. same thing. I can't say no to you. Like you're, I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to tell you no. It's it's like, you really get to care about the characters. If you let yourself being a Kenny fan. So weird because I remember back in the day <laughs> people were blowing up. If depending on who's, cause you, it was always a, a side picker choice for that game too. And I remember people, I, I yeah. always feel like it, it has to be people who either don't have kids or people who don't really like their family to be like, Oh, I don't like Kenny. But I, I get where he was like coming from at the end of the day. That's what I liked. Yeah. And well, I mean, like, in that world, you would have to say, I mean, you you know, you're trying to save your kid. I mean, it makes sense. Like, yeah, I don't have a problem with Kenny, but I think at the time, I mean, I don't even, I can't remember when I first played this game back in 2012 or probably, yeah, probably 2012. I played or 2013 played Walking Dead. But I don't remember anything about it. I just remember we did it for the show and I was kind of like, <laughs> but you're right. The Walking Dead is just so fucking depressing. And I hate, how depressing it is. It, it bothers me. Yeah, have y'all ever played any... Speaking, oh, go of, ahead. speaking of Kenny, when he shows up in season two, it was like when fucking Falcon shows up in Endgame. Like, I, my whole house applauded. Oh, really? I didn't know he's... Well, that. That's. I mean, that's not... That's fine. He shows up like Adam no, two, but... Yeah, it's like a, a cliffhanger, and then he's there, and you, yeah, it was all fucking God, emotional. Spoiler there. for a game. <laughs> for, yeah. That is... No, that is awesome. Spoiler yeah, have have y'all played any of the other Telltale <laughs> games besides the Walking Dead ones? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I've played the majority of them. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, and I just want to read, I have a couple right. things that said Walking Dead Season 1. First, from Clint Morrison, Walking Dead Season 1, before we move on past this. And then I think I have one other one where somebody commented about that game. But no, as I'm looking, I have played a few other Walking Dead games. They're not Walking Dead, but uh, Telltale okay. I, yeah, I bought, I, bought, I bought a number of them. I bought the uh, the Game of Thrones one, and I bought the I got the uh, Back to the Future one in a bundle. <laughs> and I haven't played. It's like I think it's Back to the Future and Sam and Max. 
that were in like a bundle to get in, in Wallace and Gromit. It was like a humble bundle. And so I have a bunch of those and I haven't played them. I was curious if like a like more lighthearted thing, like, you know, Back to the Future or Wallace and Gromit, if that would be a little more enjoyable. Uh, Jurassic Park is good. The Telltale Jurassic Park game. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I don't think it I have a- that one. The, the Wolf Among Us is good. It was around the Game of Thrones game when I started to realize like these are all kind of following a basic formula that mm-hmm. it really yeah. doesn't deviate from. So well, they had to, they had to like, like really churn them out is I think a problem. Like early on, they only had like one or two games, and I think that they had more time to put into it. Maybe. Well, um, they bought too many licenses, and they realized that when you you don't make as much money <laughs> with licenses. So I think oh, that kind of. Yeah, I've heard the Wolf Among Us is really good. It is. It is. I think one of the reasons they're harder maybe to go back and play now is because, like, once you – they were so cool in the moment, but once you see a little under the hood on these Telltale games, it I think it, they lose a little bit of that magic when your decisions maybe don't matter as much as you maybe initially thought sometimes and you start to kind of yeah. see through that, that framework. That makes a lot, it, that it makes a lot of sense. I, um, I did, I did uh, sit with my son while he played through the Minecraft one on, on Netflix – you can you can play the oh, Minecraft I, one. I've heard it's good. Actually, play it in Netflix, it is it is good. Patton Oswalt. If you pick the male character, Patton Oswalt is the voice actor for the the protagonist, and it's really good. And I've heard the female protagonist voice actress is also good. But I mean, Patton Oswalt is you know just great. I think great it's got it's got a lot of humor. It's pretty funny. Some of the puzzles are just like completely make no sense at all and you just have to kind of like figure it out and it doesn't and once you figure it out you don't feel like you figure something out you just feel like you randomly click the right thing so uh, gotcha. but we got i got him that on the nintendo switch and then he ended up playing it on netflix instead i'm like well <laughs> i guess i'll sell the nintendo switch one if, now that we can play it on netflix but <laughs> but it's kind of neat because you think about it you could play these games on netflix it makes complete sense yeah because there's not a whole lot to them yeah yeah, this one this one would be a little harder because you've got the little quick time events and you don't really have those in some of the other ones like the Minecraft one. I don't think has almost any of the quick time stuff in it, but still, I think you could do it. Tales from the Borderlands. That's that is Telltale, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Telltale. Oh yeah, I've that's heard an that amazing one's game. Oh that good, I have that. I bought a Borderlands bundle that had Tales from the Borderlands in it. Oh, so I need so I need to buy. It's my need to play that. It's my favorite of all the Telltale games, but and maybe not even close. Walking Dead Season plays. One is the only one that. Are you handsome Jack in that one? Is that right? No. Or am I thinking uh, no, you oh, have t- uh, yeah, two unique characters from the game. Oh, okay. Okay, I think I'm thinking of the pre-sequel where you play as handsome Jack. Uh, yes, I, I, think right. I own yeah. the whole series, never touch one of them. Really? <laughs> a Borderlands? Yeah. Oh, I Yeah, Borderlands I never like, touched any Borderlands games. I really like Spoiler, Borderlands. a Borderlands game came out in 2012. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. should yeah. We should yeah. probably right. go on to the other game. All right. Maybe I play <laughs> Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Oh, I did. I always that, wanted to. Is that 2012? It was. Yeah, 2012. I, uh, the, I bought uh, the that game. game based on defrauding taxpayers. <laughs> I, I got. Oh, you got it. We. I got that game for cheap somewhere. I played through that entire game and all his DLC. I think I. I forget how many hours I put into it, but I put a lot of hours into that game. That is a good oh, action RPG. It is. Actually, a, it is an excellent action RPG. I'll. I'll give it that. I actually, yeah. rebought That's it. My question. I got it on Chris Xbox. Chilling aside, how is the actual game? It's good. It's a good game. We'll never get I a mean, sequel because they fucked it up, but it's a good game. I, I would put it on a similar level to like the original God of War games on PS2. Holy cow. Personally. Okay. I, but, but, you know, but, you know, it's Xbox 360 era graphics and stuff. So it's better. And you've got more choice in your build. Like, uh, so I guess it's more because I can't remember. Could you, did you like have build 
variety in those original God of War games, or am I conflating no. things? No, okay. Well, yeah, then it's you, not like you that. could upgrade. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this, this you have like three. You have like three skill trees, so you could you could push yourself toward being mage type, or like a big heavy warrior type, or like a rogue type, and that so it has that fun to it. And uh, graphically, it kind of looks you know like World of Warcraft, but a little yeah, a lot like World of Warcraft is kind of that was what it was compared to a lot at the time anyway. But it's it's I mean uh, oh Dark Siders, I think that's a that's a good comparison actually. In that's terms a really of good graphics. game. Yeah. Yeah. So Kings of Amalur, I think it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely worth playing now. Like they've re re-released it and stuff. Now I don't know if Kurt Schilling's getting any of your money. If you buy it, I highly that, doubt it. That is definitely, that would definitely be a consideration because Kurt Schilling is a real piece of shit. Like not just for defrauding taxpayers, but he's, he's a real January 6th guy. So, Oh, okay. I'm sure I, that I don't think he, it... he wasn't there, but I think he's a fan. So I would uh, keep that in mind, but if he's not getting your money, then go for it. It's definitely worth it. I think it's like twenty bucks now too, like the remaster they put out. Yeah. So, but also fuck Kurt Schilling. That's that's an accurate. Yeah, thing. yeah, Kurt, yeah. Fuck Kurt Schilling. I think the remaster is called Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning. Also, Re Reckoning. What a name! It's great. I'm like, yeah, yeah, guys. All right. Oh, yeah. No, it's a good. I actually rebought it on PS4 in some like four games for ten dollar GameStop sale when I randomly walked into a GameStop and I grabbed there it. I'm like, oh okay, I'll never play yeah. this, but it's hundred percent worth doing that. It's hundred percent worth like like if you see it like for five dollars on Steam or something, go for it. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely want to re get it for Steam because it's a it's a it was a fun game. Yeah. Like I say it's not super deep, you know, you got three you got three skill trees you can go through and your characters are, you know, you're going to end up either with a, a mage character or a warrior character or, a, or a, a rogue character. And there's, that's about it. But, you know, and you explore around and, you know, button mash your way through combat and boss yeah. fights, and just, you know, walk around and find stuff. It's like I said, it's, it's, it's pretty simple, fun, fun little game. So I just know there's another guy from this year that it's always reminded me of. And I don't know, um, Mike, how you want to do the game. Yeah, we just talk about, about where we stream go. of consciousness here. But uh, Dragon's Dogma. Did anyone else play this? Came out oh, in 2012. Man. I have bought it. I haven't played it. <laughs> it's one of many games I've bought and haven't played. You haven't played it. it, it you it's love it's on my top three. Wow. So good. Yeah, that oh, amazing. Uh, I do have one so, comment so real fast as we talk about that from John Silverman. He said, Dragon's Dogma, Dogma without a doubt. The open world being genuinely dang- dangerous and requiring you prepare the absolute darkness, the feeling of going on a journey whenever you want to do a quest, and the killer combat all really worked for me. Not to mention turn into high fantasy into a bleak existential nightmare by the end. Okay, I, I t- 1000% agree with those statements. The way the world is like legitimately dangerous just to travel from one landmark to another, coupled with like dark soulsy combat in kind of an open fantasy world oh it's so so good and the pawn system is just <laughs> one of the more unique mechanics that maybe i've ever encountered in like gaming i'm also what is the the pawn system? so essentially you create a character and you also create a pawn which is like an npc traveler that second party member that you can customize that travels with you now you can also recruit other people's pawns, random people or your friends, to travel with you as kind of a party. And at the same time, your pawn can go to other people's games and be part of their party, but also with you, so you don't lose your pawn. Oh, this cooler, is like a, oh I like that. Even like, cooler, if your pawn goes and does things in certain dungeons and stuff, they will then kind of give you hints and tell you stuff like, oh, hey, I've been here. There's a treasure behind the waterfall if they've been to that place as a pawn in someone else's game. 
That is pretty cool. So that's it's a it's an asynchronous cool. multiplayer situation. And this only that's counts for the people that are in this chat, but it's five bucks on Steam at the moment. So oh yeah, not that's, for anyone else listening to this, but I think, I think I'm pretty trail. sure I already yeah. own it. But that's good to know. Same. It also like, has never, one of the most bonkers stories that you will ever ever in your life encounter. I love. Yeah, that. there's there's a Dark Souls YouTuber. I can't remember who it is that I like that did like a 30 minute video where they kind of talked about why you should play Do- uh, Dragon's Dogma, and they kind of went through and showed stuff. So it's made for like multiple playthroughs, and some of your previous characters become in story like late game bosses. It's fucking crazy. Oh, it's can't recommend it enough even today. And there's a sequel coming out. What so what Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen is the original, right? <clears throat> No, no, uh, no, no. Dragon Dawn, the Dark Arisen is the DLC, that, and it was kind of like a bundle. And someone was saying something? Yeah, yeah Joe. Blake, what do they call you in the game? Because I know, like, in Dark Souls, they call you, like, the Arisen and stuff like that. Oh, that's a good question. Because you actually die or, like, get eaten by a dragon or something crazy yeah. in the beginning. You get your heart taken get your by heart a dragon. Get by a dragon, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh. you have a name, but I, I can't recall what it was. FYI, I looked at Darker Risen is like the game of the year version. It's the version that comes with all the DLC. Yeah, and the DLC is oh man. I yeah, and I don't have the I don't have the, I don't I don't have it, it turns out. So I'm I'm getting that right now. Five dollars nineteen cents. Boom. Are purchased. You, hundreds upon hundreds of hours if you want to complete that game. Remotely installing as we speak. <laughs> Something else to keep me from ever beating Persona 4. Yeah. What is it though? I I know it's because the the only thing I think is funny about the pawn system is they they call you it's like Ashen or whatever they usually call you in the Dark Souls games. They repeat a lot of lines constantly, and it's really weird. A, it, a lot of repetition. Yeah, but also one thing one of the streamers that I watch is really into it. Your the way you make your character also affects your game too, because I think the shorter the character, the faster your role is. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you want to make then, up? Um, you want to make a little Hobbit? Yeah. And, well, nice. I do know. Oh, go ahead. I said, do you do you want to have less iframe? Oh, interesting. <laughs> so when the first when the game first came out, and I don't know if this has changed, there was a hidden romance system in the game that <clears throat> it, oh. it was never explained, talked about. However, the only thing that mattered is how many times you talked to a particular NPC. So most people finished the game and ended up unknowingly romancing like the merchants and the the blacksmiths. <laughs> <laughs> And just had like the no idea why this cutscene is showing them like starting a life with the random blacksmith. Oh, uh, that's, that's wonderful! <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Better than better than starting a life with your cousin. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of uh, there's a there's a game on my list where uh, I was too nice to one of my characters, and then they're like confronted me. They're like, "Why are you sleeping with this person when you love me?" I'm like, "Wait, I love you. What?" <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, spoilers for a game on the list here. Oh, what game is that? I got me curious. Oh, Mass Effect Three is on my list here. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was actually talking about Mass. So that happened to me in Mass Effect One. Oh. Uh, yeah, Ashley, the space racist. Um, I kept her in my party, and meanwhile, I romance, I romance Liara, and then I'm like getting with Liara, and Ashley's like, "Hey, we need to have a talk about this." I'm like, "Wait, you got the wrong idea, Ashley. Just because I kill, just because I let Caden die so you can live, doesn't mean." We're, we, we're a thing. But, um, but on that note, yeah, Mass Effect 3 came out in 2012. Yep, on my, on my short list. Yeah, Never played it's, the one. It's, 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 uh, it's on my short list, too. I, I love the Mass Effect trilogy together is my favorite, like, completed series of games because um, I don't consider Dark Souls to ever be finished. 
because I think there's always the hope that there will be a Dark Souls 4. So not counting Dark Souls. Yeah, my favorite completed trilogy of games is the Mass Effect series. Um, and uh, yeah, Mass Effect 3 is 2012. And I I love that game. Um, you know, it had the controversial ending. And it was like it was like Sonic, where the fans like bullied the studio into fixing it. But they did. They put out DLC that lets you, you know, have some closure of your characters. And they put out a optional download that changed the ending to be a little better or worse no. your point of view. I've never uh, played a single Mass Effect game. Was that yeah. DLC? I heard the DLC ending to some people was worse than the original ending. Uh, it, it just uh, it's it's. I mean, I think it's better, but I didn't think the original was that bad. Like, it's it's just, it was a little disappointing for people, but I, I personally was fine with the, the final ending of the game. Of the, I thought it was... Like a lateral move to me. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it wasn't like a huge change is the thing. It, they just basically just let you see, like, you know, some characters, like, wave at you, like, and a few other little things. It wasn't anything huge. Yeah. Like, I've seen the original ending. Um, I beat it with the updated ending. That's the way I beat it, and um, I was I was satisfied with the ending, um, but I would I would have been satisfied with the original one too. That the DLC that like you can like pay for is considered very very good. The Leviathan, I think it's the Leviathan DLC, might be what it's called, or I might be thinking of the. No, one. I think you're. I'm pretty sure you're right. It's been a long time. I haven't. I, might, it the, I played the Legendary Edition not too long ago, so it was all bundled together. So it's, oh, so it has all the. That's good. Yeah, because when yeah, I, I did not buy. I didn't. I didn't buy the DLC for it, so I haven't played the the paid DLC for it. I've seen stuff about it. And I've heard that that yeah, there's one where you basically get to go back to your apartment and have a party right before the end of the yeah, game. The Citadel. It's the best piece of Mass Effect the content Citadel. in the whole series. <laughs> that's that's what I've heard. Yeah, because it lets you have some actual closure with your characters before you go and do you know the apocalypse. So yeah, you do it before the end of the game, but it's a better ending to Mass Effect Three than the ending of Mass Effect Three for sure. That's that that's definitely what I've heard. So yeah, the Legendary Edition, I I've heard. I mean, I've almost bought it. It's just that I look at my playtime in Steam and my Mass Effect playtime through one, two, and three, which is not all in Steam, but in Steam and Origin, I think it comes out to like for me like 140 hours, and it's like not bad. I mean, I can put in 140 hours, and you know, I've already put in like 350 hours in Elden Ring this year. I don't know if I feel like replaying the Mass Effect series as much as I loved it. I feel like I, I got what I wanted out of it, but yeah, Mass Effect three, really great. Um, one thing I really like about the games is at the beginning of each game, your decisions carry over from previous games, you know, yeah. which is really, really good with something that really Garrett will you know, remember that. Yeah. I mean, it's more <laughs> stuff like Garrus is dead or something like that. Well, not Garrus, but you know, characters that you can like kill characters, most of them, most of the, yeah, I think like you can kill all that. of them in, in two, sorry. Yeah, you can kill everybody in two if you really, if you just want, to, like, if you're an asshole well, and just fuck everything up. Fuck, well, as if you fuck Jesus up bad, Christ. if you fuck up really bad. But you can, yes. Uh, almost everyone. But yeah, no, it's like your decisions will carry over, and people will remember stuff. And it's like, in Mass Effect Three, Liara remembers that I, that she and I were together as a couple in Mass Effect One and stuff. I mean, and it's like there's big stuff that carries over, but at the same time, you can completely respect your character between each game. And play a whole new way of playing each time. You can even change like your gender, your way, your and everything between the games. I think that's a, I think that's really good. So you don't have to be stuck with the same exact character, same build through all three games. It, it can't be underplayed how groundbreaking, like especially between one and two, but even between one, two, and three, like transferring that single character and the attachment yeah. people had from like then seven or eight year old characters' decisions. Yeah. 
impact. Yeah, and the, the problem game. the problem for me was I played Mass Effect One on PC, played Mass Effect Two on Xbox 360, then played Mass Effect Three on PC again. <laughs> but what I did with Mass Effect Three was there's like I think it's on the Nexus mod site. They have like uh, save files for like where you can kind of like look and figure out the save file that matches the decisions you made, and then put that on there, and it'll it'll load it. So it had a built-in. Yeah, stripped yeah, down version. You could also, that, yeah, you could, of. yeah, you could also. It was like a motion in beginning of Mass Effect Two. I know there's like a motion comic you can go through where you yeah. just choose your own adventure real fast. Yeah. And if you sure. don't have it, yet. And that's what I did for Mass Effect Two. Yeah, guys, you're forgetting the best feature of Mass Effect Three. They put Connect support into it. <laughs> I was, I <laughs> that was, was like, the year of Connect. That was when that was of, announced, I was legitimately connect. excited about that. And then <laughs> I, before Mass Effect Three came out, I had sold my Xbox 360 and. Didn't even. I never even owned a connect. I own a. I have like three connects out in my workshop now, but I never <laughs> owned a connect back when I actually played Xbox. Fortune. I should mention the Mass Effect now. Three multiplayer too, because that was a thing for a hot minute. Wait. Oh, the Mass Effect Three multiplayer was great. They're worth money. Oh, yeah. The connect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are they really? I, I get them. I usually get them bundled with broken three sixties. I have I an RPG too. Well, I have the, I have the Star Wars one somewhere around here. Well, if it if it works, it's it's worth money because people have been using those now for full body tracking and their weird like furry, you know, a VTuber thing that's going on, on Twitch. Oh, well, I need okay. to check that out because yeah, I've got three I've got three connects sitting in my, like on a shelf in my workshop. Well, I have the Xbox One Connect somewhere around here, and I have the which you can't even get anymore. <laughs> and I have the <laughs> such a weird piece of gaming lore because the Connect is like legitimately crazy cool technology it is it is like it's super advanced and i really love the idea of being able to be like you know you know miranda you know go right you know something like that like which really you're just using the microphone in mass effect 3 with the connect support right that's all you're really doing is this voice commands but i I never never, like i said i never i never did it i never because i didn't live alone when i had when i played xbox 360 a lot so i would my roommates would have been like what the fuck are you doing in my, my room, also. My wife would have been walking in, like, "Were you calling me?" So, uh, <laughs> I never felt like that. But uh, yeah, the Mass Effect Three multiplayer is very good. It's a fun, fun multiplayer, it and it actually tied into the game. Because I, I, I'm, I'm a hundred, I'm a completionist, as some of y'all know. So I like, I needed to get the hundred percent best, you know, everything Mass Effect Three. So I played that multiplayer a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. So did I. Same. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, and when I played it, it wasn't super active, but there was always a match. Like I would be playing with the same like six or seven people, it seemed like, but it was it was it was very quick connection. Like it was the matchmaking was really good, and it's just yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, do they have it? Fucking in the, hard as shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> do they have it in uh, the <laughs> ultimate so edition or whatever? Yes. Oh, they do. That's awesome. Oh, oh no, no, sorry. The, the legendary edition does not have the multiplayer. It's got oh, like no. um, oh. it, it kind of replaces it with like a like wave based, like a horde mode. No, that's type fine. Deal. I like a good horde mode. I like a good horde mode. That's the only thing I really liked in the Gears of War games that I played is the horde mode. So yeah, it was cool. It, it, the, the way it actually ties into the the world, like the the ending, is a little bit more seamless because it, it was difficult for some people who didn't want to mess with that to get a the best ending. In yeah, you, oh, yeah, you need the points. It was it was very difficult to rack up. I don't even know how you would do it without the multiplayer and the original. You, I don't know if you could. You honestly. could. I don't, okay. You could. I, I had, I mean, I did the multiplayer, but I had so many fucking points from everything else. Because if you do all the side missions, you're kind of okay, I think. 
It just I did the multiplayer. I, don't know. I, did, I did like everything, and I still had to do the multiplayer to get it. To Maybe it's been a, yeah. it's been a long time. Maybe my my memory is just not. It's good. possible the that DLC you can buy fix stuff. that too. DLC, okay. Le- Leviathan itself is like a third of the the points you need, for instance, for like the best ending. So oh, okay, well, yeah, you of, could do Leviathan yeah. instead of the multiplayer then, because I didn't do. I still got the best ending without the DLC. So right, yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah, but yeah, Mass Effect Three, great game. Got it again. It's that you know that same thing in Game of Thrones where the ending people don't like or bad ending, depending on your point of view, makes people retroactively look back at it sourly. But it's a like Mass Effect Three. Even if you don't care for the ending, it's ninety five percent a ten out of ten game. Yeah, it's still a great like, game. It's like yeah. the, and that that ending also the ending is literally the last like three minutes of the game. It's like up the thing that people don't like is the final, basically the the like. The very last thing, the very last button press you do is what people don't like. No, I'm, I'm curious, if you guys, curious if you guys would agree that like it seems like time has been a bit kinder to the ending of like the Mass Effect series than it is like the Game of Thrones finale stuff like that. Oh, Maybe yeah. it's because well, we're a bit further away. We're a, little, we're a bit further, but also um, <laughs> I think it's apples and oranges in terms of. Well, yeah, I mean that's just how, people how being bad, exactly. There's a really like, bad. Okay, Maybe it wasn't them. that bad. Yeah. I've never mm-hmm. seen Game of Thrones other than the first season. Yeah. I just have no... Well, Mass, sure Effect 3, Mass Effect 3 ending. So here's what I'm going to say uh, without spoiling it. The issue is this is a series based around decisions that matter. Everything matters. And then at the end, it's a, do you choose red, blue, or green? Yeah. Flip the yeah. switch. Flip the switch for red, blue, or green. Nothing you've done up to this point actually makes a difference to it. Just yeah. red, blue, or green. I'm- and so the difference is... Did do you have an emotional investment in red, blue, or green? I had an emotional investment that I have to choose the color I chose, which I cannot remember the color now. I remember the decision, but and, and you know what? That was the same thing that happened with Deus Ex: Human Revolution. Deus Ex: Human Revolution, a game where your decisions matter and you feel really invested. And at the end, it's do I take the red pill or the blue pill, basically, and that's it. And it's just it literally isn't <laughs> oh, in Deus yeah. Ex. It's a it's a you're standing at a keyboard. Yeah. And you press one of three buttons, and whichever button you do, it's like press button A to activate ending A, and that's what Mass Effect Three is at the end. It's press There's button also A a to sense, activate. Yeah, that the games didn't fully and clearly explain what the buttons were doing to me, at least. Like I got a, a vague sense, but it just it, it, it didn't feel I, satisfying. I, 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 think, I think it. I think I understood what the we could say off the because I really don't want since the legendary editions out now and a lot of people is the first time I don't want to yeah ruin yeah it, but, try to keep but it, we could yeah. off off mic or off a uh, recording I could I could say because they're pretty clear I mean they're clear to me what it is yeah no I but, remember too but it's but yeah I love Mass Effect three great game okay <laughs> uh, Joe do you have a game that you want to recommend or talk about yeah. next there's a game that is very near and dear to my heart. One of the weird things that I did in 2012 is I got my first actual mainland console because I did that weird thing where you can buy an Xbox, but it's like, oh, you can get an Xbox for like $100, but you have oh, yeah. to pay for Microsoft Live for like two years. Oh, that's so a, they, I mean, that was a great deal. They think they still do that. They do that with a Series S, don't they? Yeah, it, it's Somebody a good deal. But all access? Yeah, if you forget to pay it, though, they will let you not turn on your Xbox. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I had a day where I was like, oh, I'm going to get paid till tomorrow. Oh, but we're supposed to take out your Microsoft today, so you're not going to be able to play your Xbox on your day off. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh, you know who you disconnected from the internet? This is the dark yeah. future right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dark uh, future. Uh, you have a breathalyzer on your car for your Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> the breathalyzer on your Xbox. But, um, <laughs> my, I, I, one of the games that I play a lot with me and my, me and my husband first date, uh, started dating and we first met, 
Gotham City Imposters. Which oh, was, yeah. Nice. That's on my list. Yeah, it's on my list. That's one of the top three. It's, that's how I, you know, really got around to, like, you know, me and my husband met each other. Not through the game, but we started off playing that with friends. Just re- means a lot to me for some weird reason. No, it makes sense. That's yeah. Sweet. It's also a really good game. It was like it was not Team Fortress because you had like this weird. It was was it four v four or five v five, and you play on a team of Jokers and Bat. You have your heavy characters and your light characters. You can pick a different weapon loadouts. It was and it was really fun, and it lasted a really good long while. I think maybe they shut the servers down maybe like five years ago. Oh, that's a while. Yeah. I wonder if there's a like fan like a fan server or something for people yeah, that, a, a, a community of people that are still actively playing it every day that probably is. i bet oh, there and is. there's there's a random game that i have to, we're not going to talk i'm sure we won't talk long but i have to mention that came out in 2012 also uh star wars connect came out in 2012 it was never played it for more than like 10 minutes or so i tried it i just because i hate i just wasn't i didn't have the setup for connect when i did it last time. I was in a, I was in a, it was in a basement. I didn't have a lot of space and yeah. I didn't have the, the five, seven feet you needed for connect. I, I have a question. Is that the game where the viral video of Han Solo dancing to I'm solo? Yes. I, so when my son was like one, we put together, I, I put together like a YouTube playlist of music for us to listen to in the house with like a hundred songs, a hundred like music videos on it. And that music video was on it. And we would watch, I mean, so there was a point in my life where me and my wife and my son were watching that video every single day for like six months straight. But uh, I've never touched a, I've never touched a Kinect game at all, actually. So that, that's, an, that's an aneurysm, good sir. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Star Wars is my watch. favorite. Star Wars is my favorite anything. <laughs> and I just got delight out of like Han Solo dancing, dancing like a boy band. It's um, so I- dumb. I wish I would go back and replay it because I think there's some cool stuff in it. But I mean, I have the room now. Like I could easily move some stuff around. But I'm like, I have no interest in hooking up a connect and just yeah, I'm good. But wait, wait, I, I, I've got a VR set up and I play it maybe once a month. I hear you. Yeah, it's just my connect. I don't even know what the hell it is to be honest. So somewhere I don't care enough. Yeah, so you had, so you had the R2D2 connect to play Star Wars Connect. Yes, which I never. That's... I did once, and then my roommate made fun of me, and then it never got hooked up again. Well, what do you do in the game, uh, other than the Dance Dance, Dance Revolution the game? I did, but there was some mini game with a Rancor, where you were a Rancor, essentially, and you destroyed a town. You destroyed Moss Eisley. Oh, you can there's, eat people. Yeah, I guess. That's, is there not some sure. lightsaber fighting? Yeah, there's stuff in the game, but I never, like, I'm watching a video right now. I, I guess there's an actual, like, campaign you can go through. Where you have a lightsaber stuff, but I don't I say because I would think in a in a VR or motion control or whatever Star Wars game, the the lightsabering is like what you. That's what that Star Wars Wii game. What, I can't remember what it was called. The Wii, no, 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 no. The one that was a Wii exclusive is like Star Wars lightsaber duel, or I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's the I, one I where you, you run around as Obi Wan and Anakin in the prequels with uh-huh. lightsabers, and it's bad, but it's just like at least you get to swing a lightsaber. Yeah, it's yeah. always a plus. Yeah. Oh, Blake, do you have a game you want to mention? Oh, my God. I have so many. I, yeah, I, I'm going to throw one out. This is not really the one I want to talk about, but I'm so curious if anyone else played it. There's a game called Hybrid that came out in 2012. It was made by the developers of Scribblenauts, which I'm sure at least most of you maybe heard. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It was a uh, like a 3v3 competitive shooter where you kind of 
uh, it's so hard to describe, but you basically flew around to like set points. So it was on rails from point A to B, C, D, and they were all kind of interconnected on this web. And you were in a uh, three-dimensional space. So you could like flip upside. Uh, look up a video of hybrid from 2020. I'm looking at no one right now. It, it was so not. amazing. I the servers died player. after like a month. So like oh, there, was, there, there was no single player. So it died on the vine immediately. But I, I was – I reviewed that when i was uh writing for a website back then and just was shocked that that didn't blow up it that's was so sad fun. only made a month. um so i'm gonna thought i guess are, are we doing our top games right now or are you no we'll, we'll bring those up okay. if they don't come up in conversation we'll bring them up later okay so there's a game called the unfinished swan did anyone else play this oh mm-hmm. no but i know uh, it is made by the people that made oh goodness the uh it's a indie darling i don't know now i'm gonna have to look it up well, the, the Unfinished Swan is this really cool game where you start off in, like, basically a, a white landscape, pure white. And the mechanic is you throw you, – all you can do is throw blobs of paint. But by doing so, you begin to paint the world around you. And like a puzzle game in the sense that a, vid, a, a short video could do more justice than I ever could. Okay. But so, so what's the recent game that came out where you're in a house and you're basically seeing a bunch of the family – Die. Edith, Edith Finch. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch, yes. Yes, thank you. It, it, it made by the same people as their previous game. Okay. Spellbinding. So cool, like, just seeing your blotches of paint kind of form this 3D world that you're then navigating, and then you're just traveling, and you can look back, and it's just like a canvas of this world that you've kind of created. Fantastic game that I, I felt like never really got it to do. But then Edith Finch came out, became a critical darling, and there's actually like a whole kind of very short level dedicated to the unfinished swan so like theme kicks in and uh it kind of emulates the mechanics of that game um but one that i always thought more people should have played because it was just such okay, a cool maybe i'll I'll have to check this out now i've heard of it it's really short it. too yeah really like short, short so highly recommend everyone checking out the unfinished swan okay legend of grimrock have y'all played that no. i i've seen a lot about it and i've always I'm curious to hear you talk about it now. Yeah, it's, tell, it's tell good. It. I haven't played enough of it. I played what's it a little it? bit. Um, it's, it's Legend of Grimrock. It's a uh, it's kind of a, a love letter to the old gold box uh, D and D games where like you're first navig- person, right? Yeah, it's first person, but yeah. you have a party. You're a party of four characters, so it's like it. It is very much like a sequel to those like I have the Beholder and so on, like D and D games. The, what the gold box games i had one of them i think i had eye of the beholder on pc cd rom back in the early 90s um or mid 90s uh, it's like that where you're it's first okay. person going through a dungeon you can just go left right back or forward I and mean, you have a party and it's just navigating the dungeons like that and i played um i have it I, I bought it when it came out because i was a big fan of those games as a when i was younger and i played it and i was I just like it was re- it was very difficult and I didn't get very far before I kind of like kind of burn out on it. But it, it is very well made and it's obviously like it is a it is a real throwback, but it has like its own stuff to it and it looks really beautiful too. So it's pretty punishing I, I, too, right? Yeah, very punishing. Yeah, like yeah. it was. I I did not get past like the maybe the second floor of the dungeon I was in before I died. Like wiped the party. So, but it is uh, very much if you liked those like those games like that I was talking about. Um, it, it had very, it's very much one of those games. It looks cool. I'm looking at a video right now of it. I've never yeah. heard of it before. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's not, I think I'm just not into that kind of game anymore, but man, if that game had come out when I was 
kid, I would have been all over that very much. I think uh, Wizardry for the NES was a uh, similar style, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. I've never played it, but I, I know of it. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's one that I just had on my list. I was just like chronological-looking. Chron- I mean, there's a few other games we've gone, we've passed up that I played, but... There's a lot of random shit that came well, out a, that a year. Fan, a fan favorite among uh, SMT fans, Devil Survivor 2, came out in 2012. Never played Megami Tensei. Yeah, that, that's, it's good. It was actually my first SMT game. I played it before I ever played Persona, any of the Persona oh, games. So DS it's well, right? Yeah, it's a, it was a D, uh, well, the original is a DS game, and then I think they may have remastered it for 3DS or done some special thing with it for 3DS. So I think the 3DS one might be called Digital Devil Survivor, but I don't remember for sure. God, that but, sounds uh, really familiar. It's hard to know because, like, the, you know, the original s and game for NES is called, in, in Japan, it's called, De- it's called Digital Devil Survivor Shimagame Tensei. So <laughs> it's a throwback name. But yeah, Shimagame Tensei De- Devil Survivor 2 for the DS, which is the DS is, you know, because they did that for a while where DS games had a DS in the name. Uh-huh. So Devil's, yeah, like, oh, yeah. another, like another game is probably on some of y'all's list, but definitely not mine. They came out in 2012, but... But yeah, Devil's Survivor 2 is like an, uh, it's late DS because it's after the 3DS had been out for a few years, but it's an original DS game. But uh, it's good. It's, if you like the SMT games, it's an SMT game in every sense of the word. And I'm much more of a, you know, fan of the Persona side of SMT. So I, I played it. That's all I played. I, I probably put in about 20 hours into it. It's punishingly difficult, but it's, it's cool. It's an interesting, I like this kind of the, the the framing device is like it's like the apocalypse is happening in Tokyo as you speak. <laughs> There's like you're just a kid trying to get home from school and it's like buildings have collapsed, people are dead and there're like demons coming out of the ground and stuff and you got to try to you and you and a couple of other kids have got to try to find your way home basically right. about the about the train the the train system working and stuff and it's uh and you know you hire demons and you know that's that's the difference between the SMT games and the personas and persona you just like find the demons and they join you and in the SMT games you have to like pay them you have to bribe them and then sometimes <laughs> you like will bribe them and they're like nah fuck you and take your money and leave and so <laughs> I mean they are demons that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah is, I, think uh, I think all the SMT games are like that where the apocalypse happened and you have to because I I got a I got my husband that one that just came out on the Switch <laughs> Well, Nocturne it's, came out. It's, it's SMT three. Nocturne is that is that what you're saying, or is it like SMT five? SMT five came out like I think I don't remember anymore. I, I haven't it's, played them. It's the one that's a sequel to the last. Is because it's like it's it might be something Devil Saga, Digital oh. Devil. God, it's a series I don't know enough about. And the names are so confusing; it's hard to keep up. Yeah, it's five. It's in Megami Tensei five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just know yeah, I so, bought. So, as I understand it, there's basically three main series. There's the Shin Megami Tensei series there's the devil survivor series and the persona series and then there's some other spinoffs too of course like you know jack brothers on the on the virtual boy and so on but <laughs> but anyway yeah i played that one i was just curious if one of y'all maybe played it more than me because similarly legend of grimrock it's not one i played enough to really be able to talk too much about i do have yeah. a game that i have to mention or i would be very upset with myself that came out this year that i really like even though it's a terrible game resident evil operation raccoon city yeah oh, yeah I mean, I when, when I played the game in 2012 or 2013, I freaking loved it. I thought it was so good when I went back to it for the show, episode 37 or so. Fucking hated it. <laughs> 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 but 
I, I, it, it just, it was a fun, I mean, at the time, it was a really cool third-person shooter that exists, and, like, one time I played it online, and I just had such a fun time with my friend when we were going through it together. Like, yeah, that's how the game was made to be played, if you could. Like, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. I wish Playing I had with friends and, like, with having it. to play alone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a guy that I worked with, and he worked at the gas station at Sam's Club, and I one time we went on, we were online. Only once or twice we did it, because I didn't play a lot of online games, because it was hard for me, because the way that my basement was set up, my son didn't like to sleep, and he was, and so he would, if he heard me, he'd run into my room, and so I, that didn't help the situation either. I just didn't play online. It was just one of those things. Because if I did, then I couldn't do other stuff. And I was always doing something, helping somebody or doing something. So it was just not. I didn't do much. But I remember having a blast the one time I did it. Resident Evil 6 was also 2012. God, that was 2012 also? Yeah. yeah. Man, I, w- I want to go back and play that game so bad. Because I haven't played it since 2012. I want to do it for no, the show. Really bad. You don't want to do that, Mike. No, I don't. I, the reason, one reason I want to do the show is, is because in the first episode zero of this show, which is not was not recorded, the first conversation that me and the original co-host had, we ended up talking about how we should someday play RE6 to get RE6. And we were talking about just kind of test our audio and test us talking. And to this day, I've released over, God, at the time you're hearing this, hundred almost 200 episodes we're getting close to. Well, at the time you hear this, over 200 episodes have been released, or 199, I still have yet to fucking t- play RE6 for this show. And it's one of the things I talked about in the first damn episode zero of this damn show. So, I want to do okay. Well, That makes you, sense. That's the only reason that you should possibly play Resident Evil 6. It can't be that bad. If you go to our Discord, you can join it and bully Mike into playing it on live stream for Halloween. I like yeah, it. Yeah, me and about doing that. So, yeah, feel, <laughs> I mean, but, hey, the thing is, by the time you hear this, it's after Halloween, so should play uh, okay. But you can still go on there and bully us. I mean, people talk about a game enough, I will put it on the show. But no, I really want to play 6. I, I don't remember it well. I just remember I liked it when I played it back in the day. And I only played it once. I beat it. I ran through the whole game. And I, I had a good time. It's just so bland. You could remove the Resident <laughs> Evil name, and it would just be totally forgotten in history, I think. Now, now hold on. 6 means something to me, too, because... I was also, that was the year where I was slowly coming out of the closet, and when you play Chris and Pierce's campaign, it, it does things to you when you're, you know, okay. a gay man, so. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's very normal. I mean, everybody has, you know, that thing that really kind of, you know, kind of helps you realize things. Look, we, we've all had a sexual awakening to Chris Redfield. We get it. Oh, oh yeah. All right, another game that I, I have to mention also real quick that came out this year. We also did on the show, Binary Domain. I, oh, I don't really have that like that game. That game was bad. It is, <laughs> but I really like it. <laughs> I think I've heard the name before. but I It's a no third-person shooter made by Sega where you fight tons and tons of robots in a futurist, futuristic Japan that's, been ta- that's pretty much run by robots. Yeah, that sounds like a game called Binary Domain. Yeah. It's what actually really name, good. Really? I really, I mean, okay, maybe it's not. You go listen to my episodes. I don't remember if I liked it or not, but I played it like three, four <laughs> times at this point. So I think I did. I, it's just one of those games that I'm pretty sure I did like. So I'm just going to mention it again. That's fun. We haven't mentioned the, I think, the biggest, highest selling game of the year yet. Or maybe it wasn't. Diablo sure. 3 came out. Which yeah, got the Diablo, Diablo 3 came out May Oh, that wasn't 12. the biggest seller. My son, my son, well, it wasn't the biggest. It, was one of the, it had to be one of the biggest. I mean, that, that was a game people were waiting for for like, gosh, I mean, I bought Diablo 2. My, like, it is not in the top list. 10 highest growing games. Top that doesn't even seem possible. I, I assume Black Ops 2. Oh, Black Ops 2. Number one. 
Black Ops okay. 2. Well, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Diablo 3 came out in 2012, and it had some negative stuff around the launch, for sure. And it was a game that they had to kind of mess around with. It took them about six months to figure out what they needed to fix, and then they did. And I think it's an excellent game. People, you know, I'm a, I am like someone who I started with Diablo 1 when I was in high school, and then Diablo 2. I played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Diablo 2 in college. And then, yeah, then waited like 12, you know, 10 years. <laughs> I think it was 11 years between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. Because I'm pretty sure Diablo 2 came out my senior year of high school, which was 2001. And then Diablo 3 is 2012. So I think it was 11 years. It might have been more because I might be off on my dates. But God, Diablo 3, I think, is a really great game, especially now with it, the, the re-releases on console. It really does play really well. We I... I've rebought, I got it, I have it on PC, of course, with all the DLC, but then I rebought it on Nintendo Switch for my son and I to play together. And it's actually <laughs> a lot of fun to play on a console couch co-op or online as well, because he'll play with some of his friends sometimes. Okay. It's, it, it is a lot of fun. It is very much, you know, um, it has things about it that people don't, well, I think one of the big things people don't like is that you can respec your character at any point in the game, anytime you want, you can respec. That's fine. Which I think is great. I think is great. The downside of that is you will probably never have more than like eight characters. Then you'll have a character for you know for each each class, and then that's it. And then you might have like a, a some if you want to play hardcore or you know that. Well, now no, that's not true because they did this season thing now where they have season events where you create a season character and you have to start a brand new character in that season. And then there's like you have to try to hit certain milestones to get seasonal rewards that you can only get that season, and then they're locked forever. Yeah, And so that's a fun thing to make. So I've got a number of characters because of playing season. I'll occasionally not play it for a year or two. And then a friend will say, hey, you want to make a season character? And I'll make a season character and we'll play a season. Uh, though we'll usually only play like two weeks of it. But still. But yeah, I think it's great. It it, it really, it takes, a it, it does, um, it is maybe if you're like a big Diablo 2 fan, it's maybe a little too easy, I guess. But I don't know. I don't believe in that really. Like. Games. Some games are harder than others. That's fine. I think. I think it's a great game, and it's beautiful too. My really only story game. with it is I bought it on Black Friday sale, the complete edition for PS4, for like fifteen dollars. Was excited to play it, booted up one, played for ten minutes, never touched it again. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's a game where I I, I have like a character that's like max level, and then you have like prestige, like it's 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 like prestige type levels where you get special bonuses, but you're no longer leveling up, and and I have like dozens of prestige levels on it or whatever they're called so yeah i i definitely i love i love that game and i think it has a one of the you know the stories in the diablo games are really kind of dumb and convoluted i think the diablo 3 has the best story because it's the simplest story it isn't as dumb and convoluted as like the other two so i don't know i think it's i think it's really good um i've kind of really soured on blizzard over the last few years for you know what? reasons that don't have a lot to do with their games, I'm kind of right now. I'm not playing anything Blizzard or Activision related for you know those reasons. But um, I think Diablo three is a really great game. It's definitely worth it's definitely worth playing, especially if you get it like you said on a sale or buy it used or whatever. It's a lot of fun. I have a weird love hate relationship with Diablo three. My husband and his friends have to play it, and whenever he's like, hey. You never really played Diablo 3, have you? I'm like, no, but we're not going to play it. He's like, why? 
It's like, oh, because I have to make a new character, but he has to use his like level 50 character that is like broken and he has to hit one button and we can stand there for five minutes and kill all the enemies. <laughs> one shot the bosses because, you know, he him and his friends spam the game to get the bullshit weapons and the, with the oh, like, yeah. weird stats and everything. So it's like, no, I don't think I want to play today. One of the big <laughs> one of the big mistakes they made that they fixed was when the game came out, they, they had a real money auction house. So I remember that. Well, and, and I mean, I made I, I, I was like I was against it and I didn't use I didn't buy anything on it. But I was like, well, hell, I'm not going to turn down a chance to make money playing video games. So I, I made like, oh, I mean, I sold I mean, I think I made like fifteen dollars selling like bullshit, virtual bullshit to people. I just like I cannot fathom spending real money on that kind of stuff. But I know people do I've it. done it. Yeah, yeah. But but, you know, I think it's predatory and they shouldn't have that. And it also ruins the game because like the whole it's a loot it's a loot chasing game right and if you just can buy the stuff then even any auction house i think is a mistake in those games because it kind of takes away the incentive to play the game and i would i would think anyway but i don't know no i i I agree with where you're coming from i I think it's good they got rid of the real money auction i think they still have the auction house i don't know because i never touch it but i think auction um, is fine but you don't want to put real money because it is. It can become pre- very predatorial for people, and it like when and people were selling like in-game items for like five thousand dollars and stuff like that, like insane, just absolute insanity. And it's like you know, you could just play the game and get that item. It's it, it is a lot of time, but is it worth thousands of dollars? Really? Hey, like, some people got that kind of money. I guess. I guess so. Yeah. But anyway, um, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. And the my main character that I that I played the most was the wizard character i played the sorceress or whatever she's not called a sorceress in this one i think she's called a mage in this one but the mage and that character then became one of the characters in heroes of the storm that was in, ended up being like my main in heroes of the storm was that character and it looked just like my character in diablo 3 nice. like same like very similar armor and weapons and similar spells even like a similar build the ultimate one of the ultimates for the that mage character in heroes of the storm is was the the spec that I went with my mage. So okay, and uh, anyway. Blake, do you have a game that you want to mention next? Man, so I'm gonna throw two kind of indie game indie darlings out there to sure. see what you guys think. Fez and Hotline Miami. Yeah, both games. Fez is a puzzle game for those of you who don't know. Um, it's one. It was made by a somewhat infamous developer, a guy named yep. Bill Fish. So we can. That, that's its own separate discussion. But to I don't remember what he's infamous that. for. Like, yeah, I don't didn't he know, just make I don't, some dumb comments or something? I don't know what he's infamous for either. I think he was just kind of known for being an asshole generally. And maybe I mean, there, I'm sure there's more specific things. I don't think but, he was like a sex offender or anything like on that level, at least. I think he's just a jerk, which eh. I, I, I just know he has a level of infamy for, for some. He does. Reason. I can't remember what he did. Is, um, he an, is he an indie game, the movie? Did they, is, did they talk about Fest yeah. and that? Yes. yes. So, yeah. yeah. But the game itself is fantastic. So it's a puzzle game that the whole mechanic is you kind of swap. So it's a 2D game in a 3D world. So it's presented on a 2D plane. And with the with the tap of a bumper, you can kind of rotate the world to where you're now seeing it. Like like rotating a cube. Like Captain, um, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker stole that mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> the Captain Toad levels in Mario Odyssey stole that from Fez. 100%. I play it and I just, especially if you play it and then look up, look up some of the solutions, you realize either like just how I realized how dumb I was or how smart um, the developers of this game were. Cause it's just, 
it's just crazy how in de- the game has its own language that you can decode. You have to decode by finding uh, first a decoder in game and then finding kind of a, a semi hidden room with a cipher. And you know it's a cipher because in the room there is a um, dog laying on the ground with a brown fox jumping over it. And that's that's your clue that the cipher is the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog containing every letter of the alphabet. Wow. And that's um, that's that's how you then can then start to decipher the in-game language, which allows you to solve some more of the puzzles that you presumably couldn't in the first place. Yeah, um, no, I, I see what you mean by feeling like either you're dumb or the developers are smarter or smart. Yeah, yeah that's I would never that would never in a million years. Never. And, and yeah, some of them I've, I've played it a little bit of Fez, but I haven't gotten that far in it. It's it's a game you can beat with I mean you know with some with some work but to hundred percent it I mean you just you you need the help of the community I mean it's just it's that kind of game and it was cool uh, in the moment you know like I, I was there when it came out like really into it kind of you know on message boards back then you were on GameFAQs boards like putting stuff together so that that was cool but it is still I think holds up as like a phenomenal puzzle game in its own right and what was the and Hotline Miami Hotline, oh yeah Hotline Miami is really neat. Just a, such a yeah, unique game. So weird because I didn't think Hotline Miami came out in 2012. Yeah, yeah, October, October 23rd. Yeah, do I never play? But I need to go around to playing it. The first one and the sequel. I feel like that's like the first Devolver game I remember. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's what to me put Devolver on the map. Um, it's like okay, these guys. I, I bet. And Devolver has never steered me wrong. If I if, if I buy a Devolver game, I'm happy. Nah, so. Metal Wolf, Metal Wolf Chaos. That <laughs> was. I, I left it off my list because because the kind of the criteria we discussed, but the uh, the um, expansion for like Binding of Isaac came out this year, so that Binding of Isaac took a large chunk of my my year in 2012 because of that. Yeah, I kept it off the list for that reason too. But yeah, the <laughs> Binding of Isaac is uh, I love roguelikes, and I I really right. do like Binding of Isaac, but I suck at it so bad. I'm so speaking bad. speaking of roguelikes, Spelunky Spelunky yes. came out in 2012. I think I it. I think it. Uh, did it, oh, so it came out in 2012. I saw that it came out well, on like a certain system. Yeah. So Spelunky, it was a it was a PC game, uh, and then right. it was it was like a kind of an indie hit. So then it was essentially remake with a completely different art style. Oh, uh, basically okay. Like Paul, yeah, and that's what was released in 2012. I saw, kind of, when I was looking up games, I saw Spelunky, and when I clicked on it, it says Spelunky is a game from 2007. I was like 2007. Yeah. What? It was a flat. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I got it on. Xbox 360 in 2012. So that was what I played that, it on. That's when it became popular. It was a flash game. I got it on PC later. Yeah, Spelunky is really good. Another roguelike that I'm terrible at. Oh, and but I, I love it. But I love it. But yeah, one, of the, one of the all-timer roguelikes, Spelunky, I would say. Spelunky 2, I think, came out a couple of years ago, and it's also a lot of fun. I have two yes. comments to read, because I missed the one for Fez. I want to read from Charlie Weatherton. Oh, cool. Fez. Great year for games, but that was something special. The rare game that made me feel like I was a little kid again, trying to navigate a seemingly impenetrable virtual world. I actually had a notebook for that game. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. And yeah, I got I one need, for I need, to, I need, to, I need to go back and play Fez because I, I, I own it and I, I looked at my Steam time and it says I played it for 30 minutes. So I need to yeah. need to go back Try and play it. Realize how dumb you are and then maybe do a guide. Uh, that, that was right. my method. It well, seemed to work for me. Okay. There's a. And, yeah. There's a similar game to Fez that I like called Monument Valley that is like similar. Oh, Monument Valley is great. Yeah. yeah that's, what you're, that's not from 2012, but I have that on my phone. And, I like and one real quick one, Andrew Gertie. Spelunky was the most impactful game of that year. Probably my personal favorite is probably 30 Flights of Loving, whatever that is. Oh, I've heard of that. <laughs> okay. I have not, unfortunately, but 
Oh, and a, a big game that came out this year that I, I have to mention, even though I don't have the love for it. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 came out in 2012. Uh, yeah, so that was the next game I wanted to talk about. Oh, cool. <laughs> I am a, so I am a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a U.S., I'm a history teacher. I, I teach high school, oh, and then I'm also, I, I teach, I'm a professor, I'm an assistant professor. I teach in the college level also. And my, my, uh, I'm specifically my, uh, I'm a U.S. history person. That's what my, my degree is in. My degree just says history, but I only studied U.S. And I loved, I loved the Ezio trilogy. I played through the whole Ezio trilogy. And then I played Assassin's Creed 3, and I really liked it. I had some issues with it. But I'm going to tell you, as a U.S. history teacher, you would be shocked at how extremely historically accurate it is. It is actually very historically accurate in some like little detail ways, but also in a lot of the big things that happen in the plot. That is actually – those are real things that happen. Oh. Some of them happen differently. And obviously, as far as we know, there aren't, you know, ancient aliens behind it all. But still, <laughs> it's still, it is actually a quite accurate game. And I really also appreciate the Native American characters are all voiced by Native American voice actors from the tribe that they are playing. That's cool. So they didn't just have random, it's not like, you know, with like Prey, which recently came out, where you have, what's her name? Amber Midthunder, who is Cherokee, and she's playing a Comanche. And that's still great, right? But it's not the same. This is like literally they are from the exact tra- – they're from the geographic area that that game is taking place in. That's how super yeah. accurate they are with the – That's cool. cool. That is like really special to me. And I, I, I – again, like, you know, as a history teacher, you know, I love Assassin's Creed in general. But I have I have a master's degree in history and I have very little knowledge of history outside of U.S. history because that was my spe- my focus. So I'm, I'm playing Assassin's Creed 3, and I'm like, oh, I know that character. I know that character. Oh, that person's a real character. Oh, that person's real. Oh, this is actually where what that building looked like. You know, I've seen pictures. I've seen paintings of that building that look like that. <laughs> and just stuff like that. It's like, it's really good. And I'm also, I know exactly who to get when I cover that game someday. Because I'm going to yeah. hopefully cover Assassin's Creed next year and, and start my trek to that series. Because I fucking love that series. Yeah, I, I love, like, so I've only played the SEO trilogy and Assassin's Creed 3. And then I own almost every game in the series, but the only other one I've played so far is Origins, the uh, Egyptian one. Oh yeah, I want to. Honestly, which is it's good. Origins is good, but it has I, it, this. I don't think it's a good setting for an Assassin's Creed game because you're talking about like one of parkour on buildings, and you're talking about a society that didn't really have buildings more than one story high for the most part. <laughs> which is also an issue of Assassin's Creed Three is you know they didn't have there. There is like literally not a single building more than three stories tall in like America at that time. So in the and New York City was like a town of like five thousand people at that time. So it's kind of, you know, there's issues. But um it's it's really neat. And I'm also a big fan. Uh anytime we can make the American revolutionaries the bad guys, um I think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, I just I just taught like I my students are taking their test on the American Revolution the day after tomorrow. And it's seriously I'm just like, all right, so anyway, so this um guy who owns six hundred slaves you know, blah, 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 blah. And this guy, you know, and, uh, okay. So Thomas Jefferson and his 14 year old, um, slave mistress. And it's just really got to hammer that home. Yeah. Really (laughs) got to make sure I hammer that home. I'm not, it's like, you are not going to come out of this class being like rah, rah America. You're not going to come out hating us, but you should come out somber. But anyway, they're not um, good people. Like nobody, there's some good people, you know, there's, there's, there's a few, but mostly not. Yeah. But no, Assassin's Creed three is really great. It has a major flaw aside from being buggy on release, which they fixed, I think. The biggest flaw in it is for a completionist like me, right? 
I 100%ed Assassin's Creed 2, 100%ed Brotherhood, didn't quite 100% Revelation, and then you get to Assassin's Creed 3, and I beat it, and my I think my completion percentage is like 39%. And the reason is because there's a certain point where if you do a certain, like, if you continue the main story quest line, it locks off almost every side quest in the game. Oh. And there's no indication that that's going to happen. You need a so guide. I, okay. You, got, you need a guide that tells you, stop, do not continue the, the main quest storyline until you are satisfied with... It's basically, there's a whole thing. In each of the games, you know, you have, like, your your base that you build, right? Yeah. Assassin's Creed 2, it's the villa, you know, so on. And this one, it's the homestead. You build, like, a homestead out in the wilderness in the in kind of the, I think, like, um, Pennsylvania. And you're building this, you know, homestead, and people are moving to it, and they've got problems, and you're solving their problems, and building relationships and all that. And if you progress the main story quest line just to a certain point, it locks off anything related to the homestead for the rest of the game. That's so true. the rest of the game, every homestead side quest is locked. And that happened. So I've got these homestead, I've got the blacksmith, and he's still talking about needing, you know, an anvil. There's no way to get him an anvil now, or whatever. I don't remember what the quest was. But That's it's crappy, just, though. It's, it's locked, and it sucks. Weird. So I ended up just going through and beating the game. And yeah, I think it's like 39% completion or some low amount that pissed me off. So that is my major issue with it. But it also, it introduced the ship-to-ship combat that yes. Assassin's Creed 4 is kind of built around. It introduced it in Assassin's Creed 3, and it is so much fun. This is so much fun to just go and, and do some, you know, some ship-to-ship, you know, sailing combat and stuff. Uh, and of gonna... course, it's better in 4, I'm sure, but it's it's good in 3, too. Yeah. Joe, what, what were you going to say? Yeah. I'm going to have to argue with you guys. The ship-to-ship combat's really what turned me off in Assassin's Creed 3. I I got like, well, then again, I was also a kid, but I wasn't a fan of it. And also, I beat 4, but I didn't beat 3. 4 was very much like a very hard push for me to beat. And uh, I don't remember a lot of it because of it, because I was dreading most of it. But I didn't like any of the, the boat stuff uh, still to Assassin's Creed. I haven't played a lot of them because of stuff like that. And as much as I do love the series, a lot of the weird stuff they do... I stopped playing it because of it. Like, I don't like, uh, what is the one that takes place in England? Syndicate, yeah. Syndicate, I didn't like it because of all the base stuff you have to do. Origins had specific weapons, which they, they, they fix in Odyssey. And Odyssey has an issue where you, you have to do side quests to get more main line quests. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. I really think the Ezio trilogy is just like, perfect. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like a true brotherhood art, especially yeah. especially brotherhood. Brotherhood is one of my favorite games ever. Um, Revelation might be just as good, but I I literally had like 200 hours of Assassin's Creed under my belt in a row, and I get to brother at Revelation, and I'm just like, this is great, but man, I kind of want to play something else, and so I beat Revelation it. Is not as good as Brotherhood. Okay, well, but anyway, yeah, I think Assassin's Creed Three is is as good, and I, I know they've remat. I think they've remastered it and put it out on modern systems. I've heard that it's it's a it's a lot of fun on Switch. If you know, it's a fun game for handheld. I don't know. I don't really play my Switch handheld anyway. So, but I don't have a choice. Mine's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Joe, do you have another game you want to mention? I have uh, two games I want to touch on real quick. One <laughs> is a really weird take, and the other one we will be playing soon, so I don't want to talk that much about it. One is a game that the first game that came out this year, which I know a lot about because it's an inside joke to my friend, is a visual novel game called Katawa Shoujo. Hmm. And it it is a game where you play your main character is a boy who has a heart disease and you're accepted into a school that other kids 
have other medical disabilities, and it's a it's a dating sim. So all the girls have something have some disability. One girl doesn't have legs, but she's on the track team. Another girl doesn't have arms, but she paints with her feet. There's a blind girl. There's a girl who's burnt on the right side of her body. And it's just a, it's just, I only, it's weird on the list since bringing it up because I remember that game just being like something I learned about and I played not in that year, but later on. And it was my first okay. introduction to like dating sim visual novels. And the only thing, bad thing I can say about it is if you don't date any of the girls by a certain point, you get the gay ending and it's the bad ending. And I feel like that's a dick move game. Wow. That's kind of, what year just, and that came out 2012. That's kind of weird to have something like that in 2012. Yeah. I mean, I would, I could get it in 2001. I wouldn't agree with it, but I could get it in 2001 because we were still pretty stupid at times about stuff like that. I mean, well, I it's, to... a ja- it's a Japanese game, right? Oh no, it's not Japanese. I just oh, it's not. Yeah, oh, it oh. Made, but it also makes sense because it was made on 4chan, so that's also oh, a problem. Oh, right. okay. Well, there, yeah, well, that is, there, there you <laughs> go. That, that makes sense then. Now, um, okay. the bad ending is you don't date a because you have to date a certain girl by a certain point, and if you don't. You're on the roof with your best friend, and he's like, well, if you don't want to date any girls, you and me could, you know, go on a date, and your character gets freaked out that he backs up into, like, the fence on the roof, and the fence is rusty, so you fall off the roof and you die. That is stupid. Oh, oh fuck that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty up. fucked up. Okay, that's... Oh. Uh, all right. <laughs> but it, when you... The 4chan part completely makes sense, so... Yeah. And, and, the, and what was the other game you wanted to mention? Resident Evil Revelations. And uh, by the way, this is releasing after we have recorded and released Re- Revelations. Depending on what you want to say, feel free. The only person who's spoiling is me. So yeah, I don't want to spoil it to you. I just remember I bought that game on the 3DS, and I'll probably bring it up more whenever we actually talk about the game. But um, okay. that game genuinely scared the shit out of me because <laughs> it, it tells you to play the game in 3D, which you do, and the wear, wear earphones. So I remember being in my room on like my little gamer chair with the lights off and the earphones in my ears, and that game is just terrifying. <laughs> oh, great! Well, it's terrifying on 3DS because it was it was small and dark. But we're gonna be playing on easy mode. There's a certain part I know you're not gonna like, and I'm really excited for you to get to it. But <laughs> I will have a guide too. I'm playing that game 100% with a guide. So oh, that's fine. The the one thing I I can say about that game, which, which uh, we'll also get into it, is the final boss is really hard. That's what I've heard. Yeah, and it's a good thing that we're... I'm also going to play on easy because of it, because I think... like I, I, I When I played it previously, I had saved up all my Magnum ammo, and I put... Because you can put uh, weapon parts on your weapon, and I was playing on, three, on the 360 version on my Xbox for Xbox One. I could not beat that final boss. I remember being it on the, on the 3DS. I don't know if maybe it was a glitch when it sent the, got sent the systems, but I have no idea what the hell's going on. Okay. I'm looking forward to playing it because it's been on my list to play for so many years. So <laughs> I've got another big, big seller game probably that put me off of a series that I liked up to that point, And I've never really come back to the series oh, after. I want to hear this. Halo four. Oh, <laughs> Halo four <laughs> and, yeah. So I, um, I was not an Xbox person. I played a good deal of Halo in college though. Cause I went to cut my first year of college was 2001. I'm a nine 11 freshman. And so, you know, Halo came out my first semester of college. So in the dorms, there's a lot of Halo being played. So it's one of those, I never owned the game, but I played it a lot. Only played multiplayer for the most part. A little bit of the single player at a friend's house. And then when I was in grad school, Halo 2 was out. And my one of my best friends in grad school, he was really into Halo and Halo 2. And we would have Halo nights. And we still do 
our group of friends from grad school, we go together every New Year's and every May, every Cinco de Mayo, and we play Halo. We just play Halo 2 all night. Just as just Halo 2. So I've played dozens, if not hundreds of hours of Halo 2 multiplayer, never touched a single player. But then I got my first Xbox, an Xbox 360 in 2011, right before Reach came out. And a friend and I played all the way through Halo 3 campaign together. Then Reach came out and I played through the whole Reach campaign and Reach's, I love Reach. And I played the Reach multiplayer. I think I had something in the neighborhood of like 300 hours on the Reach multiplayer. I was really good at it. And so I was excited for Halo 4 and it came out and I played it for about a week. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I like Halo anymore. And I ended up selling my Xbox 360 in late 2012. Uh, I traded it in for a Wii U or maybe in 2013. I can't remember the dates, but I know it was 2012. Yeah, it was at Christmas. So Halo 4 is like the last Xbox 360 game I played before selling my 360. I just, it just felt just, I don't know what it is. The multiplayer was just not as good as Reach for me. It just felt more floaty and less, I just, it didn't feel right. And then the the game itself, like the the boss, it's like Dragon Ball Z. It's like this guy flying around like Goku and stuff. <laughs> and there's like these like cutscenes, these like, like what's this like anime acting to it. It was just bad. And I don't know. I, I think, I think it's a device. I think it was a, uh, the second game, not by Bungie in the series, I think Reach was... No, no, I think it's the first one. I think it's the first... The first game without Bungie, yeah. yeah it's the first Reach. game without Bungie, and I think a lot they lost a lot of their fans with it. And I know a lot of people like the new one. And I played the new I played the new one, and it's fine, but it doesn't really... Yeah, Infinite, it doesn't, it doesn't spark joy the way Reach did for me, so I don't know. But I think it's anyway. a time and place. I've never it played is, it Halo. It's a time and place, that's true. I've never played Halo Four or Five. Nothing. Nothing. I just. I've never picked. I've just done with the series. Not because any real reason. I just. I don't care about Halo anymore. To be honest, like I stopped after Reach. I stopped caring because to me Reach was just amazing, and I just grew. I grew out of it. Honestly, I almost never play competitive games anymore. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. If it's, I'm, I'm almost forty. I don't know if that's what it is or what. But I just. It's just <laughs> not my thing anymore. It's not a. It's so. not a nice way to live because I. When I tried to get into online gaming again a couple of years ago, my friends were like, hey, hey, we should play online. I'm like, all right. So I got a, I got PS Plus. I bought Dead by Daylight. I bought Payday Heist 2, Payday 2, and we just never really, like, because they would play, if they played anything, even, like, Dead by Daylight, which isn't that competitive, they would just get furious when they lost. I'm like. I think also it's harder to get together with friends the older you Oh, God, yes. Well, like, for me, if I do anything, like, I mean, again, this show is obvious. I have to have it planned. I have to, and like the, my group of friends are really bad about. They're like, "Oh, if we're all online. We'll play." I'm like, "No, I have a life. I have a pot." Even before the podcast, like I have things I'm doing. I need to know. Hey, we want to. We're gonna come on at eleven and play at eleven. All right, I'll let my. I'll get dinner ready. I'll let my wife know. Like, hey, I'm gonna be on gaming. Like, whatever you need, let's do it before I'm busy. And yeah. they didn't like that. Like, plan, even though they had relationships and kids. And I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> but that was one thing that I encountered. With yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I'm a Dark Souls fan who I never invade people. You know, I just play. I, I co-op. I'll, I'll, I'll summon or I'll be some. I like to be summoned, but I don't. I don't even invade people. I'm just not competitive. I don't think. I, I can't. Yeah, do I like that. to be summoned. That's my favorite thing in Elden Ring right now. Well, I have to admit, I, I did do some invading yesterday for the but it was for a quest, so it's different. Um, <laughs> the game yeah, made so, you. So yeah, Halo Four kind of broke me um, on the Halo series. So that's I, I mentioned it just because it's a huge. It was a huge. No, game. it's good. That it's- was, that was one of the big, big games of that holiday season. It came out in October, late October, early November, I think. And it was like one of the big holiday season games, I think. I think it was, too. I mean, it had to have been. I mean, I, 
I don't see I don't see anything else from the holiday season that could have been bigger than that. I could see some that I liked more for sure. But one day I want to play. Hey, I've done Halo One and I've done Halo Reach on the show. I want to do Halo Two. It's been, but I just can't get myself to want to cover it. Or yeah. Halo. Halo. I just don't care enough. Yeah. I'm not a big Halo fan anymore, so it's like I don't have anybody pushing. Yeah, me I mean, same, me same. I, I playing it with my friends like at Halo Night twice a year is good. That's all I need for it. I think. <laughs> Oh, and a game that I have to mention that I'm sure nobody else is going to mention is Lego Lord of the Rings came out in yeah. 2012. Is that the first I, one? Is that the first one of voice acting? Ah, uh, might be. I can't remember off the top of my head now that you mentioned that. I just know I really, really like this game. This is my favorite Lego game that I, I want to say that I played. It's, I haven't played it. It's fun. I don't know what it was, but all, one of my favorite things, there's an achievement in this game for when you walk across the border into Mordor where it says one does not simply, and that's the end of the achievement. Uh, and, then just walk in, and then the achievement description is walk into Mordor. So I'm like, yes. But no, it's just, it's a really good game. It tells the first three movies or, you know, Lord of the Rings movies. And I think it doesn't in the normal comedic Lego fashion. It's an open world type Lego game, which is what their newer thing they did later on. But it was a really good game. Like I... I've replayed it a couple times. It's actually almost been on the show a couple times. I keep I was almost supposed to be on last the season that you're listening to, but I just can't get myself to want to do it. I'm just like I don't know if yeah, I want to waste a lot. But it's a, I've, it's a, it's I've really played like, a few of the Lego games with my son, and they're they're kind of fun to play couch co-op. I don't I don't they're not none of them are games where I ever would have felt like sitting and playing it by myself though. Personally, it's just not they just feel a little too I don't know. No, I get, I get what you mean. I mean, for Lego Lord of the Rings, it's because I love that story, and I yeah. feel like the Lego version does a great job of taking that story, putting it together, and giving you a really good game with that story. And it's and more light of it. Yeah, and it's more lighthearted because, like, Return of the King is so fucking depressing. Like, yeah. Oh God, I mean, masterpiece, but fucking depressing ass book movie every oh i just i don't like return of the king it's just too oh, i love return of the king but i know what you're saying yeah. yeah i'm a big fellowship fan fellowship is to me the best one movie oh, book oh, yeah and two towers is really good but fellowship the one that's still full of hope where two towers return of the king really don't have that hope i mean return of the king is where you see everybody really falling apart which makes sense fits the story but i don't like real depressing fiction yeah i hear, I hear that that's a that's a me thing though but no i i just really love this game i think it's a great game and i I want to play it again, but no, I agree. Lego games are meant to be played with other people. It's just, I don't do that. So. Yeah. Oh, Blake, do you have any other games you want to mention? Okay. So we haven't hit my game of the year yet. So I'm actually excited. I'm going to save that as long as I can. Um, okay. All right, let's see. I got I got you. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to take you guys on a time traveling trip to 1993 or four, somewhere therein. <laughs> Pokemon Blue comes out, changes the game. One of the best games that I've ever played. Changed my life for the better. We move on. 1998, a very obscure Super Nintendo game called Nobunaga's Ambition, Lord of Darkness. This is, some of you have probably heard of, or maybe heard of the Nobunaga's Ambition games. They're like a feudal Japan military kind of thing. Yes, never played them, but I know of them. Okay. Well, in 2012, the most unlikely of mashups occurs with a game called Pokemon Conquest, (laughs) which is a mashup of Pokemon... And inexplicably, Nobunaga's ambition, which uh, which created a feudal Japan Pokemon tactical RPG. I can't fucking believe I'm saying <laughs> that word in yeah. that order. Okay, but I am, and the game is incredible. It's like it's so good on its own right. When it came out, I, I, I thought it was a joke that someone made just for me. I was like one of eight, eight people who, as a 
12 year old kid played Nobunaga's Ambition on the Super Nintendo. So to see it like merged with a Pokemon game was so surreal. And I actually played it. It's on, Mike, you love it. It's on emulator right now. You can go pick it up. <laughs> it's already in my collection somewhere. I can guarantee you that part. So it's so good. It's so weird and so good. And it's like a legitimately fun tactical RPG RPG besides the Pokemon and Nobunaga's ambition like tie in. Was it so, was it a Wii game or DS? It's a DS, it's a DS game. Oh, it's not that long either. Only 13 and a half hours. Mm, okay. Yeah. It, That's not bad. It, highly recommend. Yeah, but well, I figured not many people have played that one. But Spec Ops The Line is one I did want to bring up as uh um, Oh, is that 2012? Oh. Yeah. That was 2012. Yeah. Um oh, I felt like it, Yeah, it's such a it's such a unique game, but like the people who have played it know know how it's one of those games that you you maybe C or play and you're like, well, this is just generic military shooter, B, whatever, let's get through this. And by the end, you're like fucking haunted by the atrocities of war you just committed and it's just an, a really, I don't know if you guys, has anyone played Spec Off the Line here but me? Well, well, yeah, I, I played I, it I've before, heard, I loved it. I've heard dozens of hours of podcasts about it, so I know about yeah. it, but I haven't, I I actually, have not actually played it, no. So crazy, man. Like, one of the, one of the just most bizarre affecting narratives, and I think it's so weird because it came from this just, like, otherwise generic-looking military shooter with no fanfare or anything, and people wasn't really sure maybe what they were getting, and then you play it, and you're just, like, it's just bonkers. I, I almost don't want to spoil it, even though it's 10 years old at this point. No, I feel free. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's okay, a great well, fucking okay. game, though. So there's essentially a point about halfway through where, again, it, it, to this point, it's just a regular military shooter. You have to shoot, like, some, some white phosphorus basically at this village. Okay. And you do it and you're going clearing out these enemy combatants. And then you go in and you find out in game that you have basically murdered, like committed genocide on this entire village. that turned out to be just regular people. And it really shows you like the horrifying effects of your decision, which it's, so it's a war crime. It's a, it's a war crime. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, white, it's, white phosphorus it's is not, like, it, it's not supposed to be used against people. So no. it's, it's like a, it is used against people, but it's a war crime to do so. It's, it's a big and, thing. And up until it happens, they treat it like you're literally calling in like a kill strike. Like there's no fanfare or anything. It's just like, oh, like I need to clear out these combatants. Like, hey, boss, we got phosphorus. And you're like, bet, press X to drop phosphorus. And then press like, X no, to war crime. Exactly. <laughs> and then, but then you walk in and it shows you the literal effects of your war crime, like the people yeah. and citizens dying. And uh, then your character starts, it gets into some apocalypse now type. Like, well, yeah, you mentioned apocalypse now because yeah. it's based on Heart of Darkness. Yep. The, the and movie, isn't which is, 2012, which that's Iraq, yeah. right? Or after Iraq or shortly after us in Iraq? It, we're, we have it, so we officially pulled our troops out of Iraq officially, not really, but officially, and late <laughs> at the end of 2011 was the official. Okay, so yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But we were still in Iraq. Here with us. <laughs> oh, so, we, so the thing is, the thing is, we we still have troops in Iraq today. People are like, oh, we pulled them out. People don't understand. We hired tens of thousands of mercenaries. I mean, we have mercenary armies. We still have mercenary. We still have at least in the thousands and the low thousands of mercenaries in Iraq and not in Afghanistan anymore, but we did, but we used a lot of mercenaries in the Iraq war. I think a lot of people don't know that we still do that, but we do a lot. We have a lot of mercenaries. I, my, uh, I, my best friend was in Iraq and Afghanistan. And when he was in a, like he served in the Marines and when he was in Iraq, he like interacted with some of those mercenaries and he got offered after he got out, he got offered $150,000 a year starting Damn. to be, to be in 
one of those, I'm not going to say which company, but no, one, of those, one of those companies who the, the former uh, Secretary of Education... So would, would you call these companies private military con- contractors? And do they I would have call them military vehicles? contractors. That, that, uh, they, they work in dark liquid, dark dark bodies of liquid. No, um, <laughs> yeah, but but no. I mean, he talked about like the mercenaries and stuff. Like that, they would do. They wanted that. They would get bored and they would do what they call going on safari, where they would just ride around in Humvees and just take pot shots at civilians. Just Jesus Christ, because they are covered under our military code of justice and stuff. And it's really messed up stuff. And I, I don't get any more details than that. But it's it's messed up stuff. And yeah. Um. Anyway, my point is, is we were. Yeah, I think. If we had not pulled out yet, we had made the agreement to pull out as of 2011. But I believe we officially pulled the troops out in de- is like December 2011, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. So yes, feel, yes, this is very much Iraq and Afghanistan on the. Yeah, conscience. you can tell. Yeah, like, it's very big. It's a really, really good game. I highly recommend it to everybody. Even though we've said a few things about it, it still doesn't. T- I mean, that's kind of actually what we said. It's also in the trailer. Pretty quickly, it's not that far off before you find like. And this game's been off for ten years. But no, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's more twist. But yeah, it's like Call of Duty at the "What if we're the baddies?" meme was just real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, and by the way, I was correct. Is uh, December eighteenth, twenty eleven, is uh, the official withdrawal? This is when we officially withdrew. Okay, hey, uh, I like the historical facts on the show. You know that I won't. Yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, uh, Joseph Conrad's "The Heart of Darkness," uh, which is about the British in um, Africa. You know, is the book that Apocalypse Now is based on, and then this is based also on that. But oh, you can definitely tell for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I have a couple of comments yeah. I want to read since we mentioned stuff that I haven't read yet. Uh, Matt Pilkington. I'm sure if I ever bothered to finish the Mass Effect trilogy, the ME3 would be my pick. But since I never got around to it, probably Far Cry 3 with Spec Ops The Line a close second. Uh, Stephen McNeely said Assassin's Creed 3. Michael Dunn, Spec Ops The Line. I'm just trying to cover some of the games that we, I know we already mentioned yeah. in this episode. Let's see... Okay, oh, Mike Milley, Spec Ops Line, hands down my favorite game of that year. No, no, people have, like, it's, I played it once, I really liked it. I've been talking about doing it on the show a few times, but it hasn't actually happened yet, because I don't know if I want to get that dark. And another one from Tom Pollock, Assassin's Creed 3, so some people love that game. Oh, and a game that I really want to talk about, I also really want to replay, but I haven't made myself do it yet, because it's not short. Sleeping Dogs came out in 2012. Yep, got it on my list. That is a fucking great open world game man like that is so good so underrated yes i played it i played all the all the dlc at one point like i i loved sleeping dogs we'll never get a sequel unfortunately because of bad management i think is kind of yes there's a there's a map muscle would happen video that talks way more about it that i'm gonna go into but it's a really good game and i really want to replay it again it, it's you're you're a cop in i think what tokyo right or no you're um, in China, Hong Kong. can't fuck it no, you're in America. I oh, you're in America? Okay, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah I think it's like San Francisco, I want to say. I could be totally wrong about that, but I think it's... Okay, I just remember it being really damn good, and I really enjoyed it. I'm looking up where it takes place. And I and I, I forget about it. Like, Hong Kong. It is Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's it Hong Kong, but you're from, you're from San Francisco. Okay, you become uh, an undercover cop, or you are an undercover cop. Like you go and you do, but it's like hand to hand. It has shooting. It has a good cover mechanic. Back in the time when everything can cover mechanics, it was that that was that time. Like it's a really good third person shooter. Really good story. Amazing damn game. Like highly recommend anyone to play it. And it's cheap. It's on Steam all the time. So yeah, and there's just a big trouble in little China too. So. <laughs> 
reminiscent of like the the Yakuza games, I would say in some ways. Yeah, for no, Yakuza already out. Never mind. Yeah, but before I knew yeah. Yakuza. Yeah, I do love a Yakuza game. So you would probably like Sleeping Dogs. I, I mean, Sleeping Dogs, would, it's, yeah. it's very good. And there's a remastered version of it. Uh, there is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's on Steam. I mean, you can find it everywhere. It's on Steam. It's. I mean, they won't make a sequel because the game didn't make money, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of issues with the creation of the game, and it just. But yeah, you can pick it up. Like it's cheap. You can find it anywhere you want. Speaking I, of open um, world, did anyone play Prototype Two? We uh, we don't have to talk yeah. too long about it. I have. I, play, I played a lot of. I I like hundred percented the original Prototype, and I haven't. I've have not played two though. So okay, interesting I, game for what they were. I would say I played some of two. I think it's, those games are really good. I wish we could get more. But I know a lot of games also rip off kind of the style because yeah. I played Prototype 2 and they use the same thing for like, was it Saints Row 4, the weird superhero mechanic that they have in the game? Yes. Yeah, but I, I think it's also kind of a ballsy move to end the first game with your main character actually really being the main villain and then have him come back as the main villain in the sequel. Agreed. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and the, uh, the world traversal was like, I think, ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Like, kind of like the only thing prototype. I've ever played that felt as good as Prototype was is the PS4 Spider-Man. <laughs> I get it, which is yeah. better, but, but still. Agreed. Totally agree. I think the uh, Hulk Ultimate Destruction is a game that has a very similar mm-hmm. uh, feel to Prototype also. But no, I, just, uh, I don't know why I developed. play Prototype 2. I just never did. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, the, both those games are always on sale on like the PSN shop, too. So you can buy them both for like 10 bucks every once in a while. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm sh- I'm sure I already own it from some bundle or another. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new Super Mario Brothers. U came out in 2012. So I'm so I the, Wii U, but I didn't play that one. Yeah, so I have it on the Wii U, but uh, I haven't. Have I, yeah, I've, pl- I've played it on there. It's just it's not great on the Wii U. It doesn't perform very well. Jeremy Parrish of Retronauts, like he like really likes it, you know, but and, and really will talk up about why it's so good. And I don't know, for me, I really liked the new Super Mario Brothers Wii, that one. I was I really liked that one. And that one was a whole lot of fun. It's the only game my wife and I have ever played together because she doesn't do video games. But we got that game. It's kind of like a weird time in our life where uh, we were trying to have a kid. It was before our son was born and she had, you know, like a really late term miscarriage. And so we were kind of like in that mourning period and we got that game together and we played it all the way through and beat the game. And it's like my only gaming experience with my wife. So it's so the, the new Super Mario Brothers Wii held like a special place for me. So when the Wii U one came out, I was like, oh, awesome. I'm going to get that, you know, and I got yeah. it. Just it doesn't it just feels slower and it's also just, it's really, honestly, it's just the same. That's the, I think that's the biggest thing is there was the new Super Mario Brothers games, like that series, new Super Mario Brothers. They're just iterating on the same thing over and over again without a whole lot of iteration to it. Like if you want to play a, a good Wii U Super Mario Brothers game, it's Super Mario Brothers 3D World. That's the game. That that game is excellent. New, new Super Mario Brothers U is just more new Super Mario Brothers, but also it doesn't run very well. Except what I've heard is that the remaster they did for the Switch runs really well, and then it's really good. But I haven't played it, so I couldn't say. Okay. But I did want to mention it because I did because uh, it, it you know that's a pr- I think that's a pretty big game. It was one of the yeah it's one of the first games I got when I got my Wii U. So oh, and a a game that I haven't played but I own multiple copies <laughs> and keep looking at uh, Yakuza Dead Souls came out in 2012. God, I wish I played that. 
I yeah, want I really, to. I need I need to play it because I like you. I, I like the Yakuza series. I just have never, and I've heard that one's a lot of fun. That it's just like it's like the silly zombie spinoff of the Yakuza yeah. series, right? Yeah. I want to play it, but since I've never touched a Yakuza game, I feel like that shouldn't be my first entry. So, but yeah, it's on my. It's it's something I keep looking at. I'm like, because I, I have it on PS3. It's not a very common game now, but one day I'm gonna get into Yakuza series. I'm sure it won't take long. Once I start, I won't want to stop. But one day I keep telling myself. But yeah, it looks just super cool, and I lo- and I love zo- I like zombie games. So so uh, super rollback. We're talking about like never touching games again. I uh I was playing my PS4. It was my first PS4, and I was really getting into Yakuza Zero. I got like 40 hours in. And then we were having, a, we're in the middle of a thunderstorm, and I guess uh, <laughs> yeah, you can put two, oh. two together. I guess what is it? The power, what power trip I had wasn't good enough, and it completely killed my PS4. And I was like, well, I'm oh. playing Yakuza Four again, or Yakuza Zero again. No, I mean it takes years to go. I mean, like anytime that happens in a game, like I said earlier in the show, like it takes years before you can get the mental strength to go back. Yeah, I. I've only played. I said I love the series. Really, I've only played Zero, and I love I love Zero, but I haven't gotten. That's the only one I've played so far. Um, I really I really enjoy it. What I don't like is the. I like the actual storyline. I think it's really really good. I really like the combat, and I also enjoy going to the arcade and playing classic like '80s and '90s uh, Sega arcade games. What I don't <laughs> like is being stopped every 15 feet for some really dumb side mission that just really takes you out of the atmosphere of the game. And I know that's something people love about Yakuza, but I know. And the other thing I don't like was that like halfway through the game, it switched characters on me and I didn't like the new character. And I know a lot of people did, but I just thought it was, I thought the new character was, it was kind of silly and I don't like the, well, I don't know. People who played zero know what I'm talking about. What? Yeah. I, I I own zero. I don't know what you're talking about. Never. One day I keep telling, but anyway, I've heard I've heard dead souls is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm just watching the video of it right now. It's like a like it just looks it it looks straight up my alley, but it's not a game that I can get it, that I need I need to I won't understand the characters I feel like if I just randomly jump into that and don't play anything else. So yeah, you have mm. you have to have an understanding of the characters. That's all fan service for that game. Okay. One day. It's yeah, it's it's gonna happen maybe. I keep telling myself. But it takes me forever sometimes to get games off my list. But hey, you never know. So- there, there's a there's another kind of big game that we've mentioned in passing earlier that came out near the very end of the year. Sure, we should mention and that's Borderlands Two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, I is the only Borderlands game that I've spent significant time with. I have every single game in the series, including the spinoffs, but Borderlands Two is the one that I've I've played quite a bit of. Um, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I was a fan at the time. I think being a little older. Which I, I guess I'm only ten years older, but I don't know. I when I got border, I pre-ordered Borderlands Three, and playing it, I was just like, you know, this is just immature, <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't <laughs> think that about Borderlands Two because it's not, it's it is also, but it was. I think I thought it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with Borderlands Two. Um, you know, I think I probably played like eighty hours of it, seventy hours, something like that. So not as much as some people, but it had a lot. It's, it's a lot of fun. No, I I know what it is because I I play, I really like the Borderlands series. I've played all of them with with my husband. Borderlands Three really focuses on like new age humor. It's a lot of meme and streamer jokes and all that. And I feel like I didn't really hit that well just because I also feel like I got older. But Two has a lot of genuine jokes and actually yeah. like, expands more on the story. And that's why I think I, I like that one more than One. And see, I haven't played One. I have One. 
but I haven't played it. But so Borderlands 2 is my first one. And yeah, it. so if it was bit making dumb callbacks, I didn't know it was making dumb callbacks. <laughs> so I just enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoy the catch a ride guy. And I just enjoyed the whole thing. And, and uh, Claptrap, you know, you start, you start uh, like Claptrap is helping you. And I just thought it was a lot of fun. I love the intro. The intro like movie is like just badass. Like a like like a really good like Western like Wild Western like space anime like I don't know almost makes me think a little bit of like Cowboy Bebop almost like with oh. action in it but not but it still okay. just kind of gave me that vibe I don't know that intro movie to Borderlands Two is so cool I just like to watch it it's great it's a it's really cool I have a Borderlands Two mouse pad um, <laughs> like big like one of the big ones that a friend of mine. He had a uh, loot crate at the time, and he's like, "I don't play Borderlands, but I, uh, you like it, right?" So I've got one with uh, Zero, the the uh, uh, robot samurai character from Borderlands Two. That's and, cool. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of fun and a lot of build diversity where you can really that that's what the because that's what the games are. It's basically they're Diablo Diablo first person shooter, cell shaded with um, yeah. uh, raunchy humor, you know. And so you you have like yeah. your skill trees, and you can really make your character and like Borderlands 2, one of the DLC characters was called the Necromancer. And it's like a little girl scientist who builds a like robot um, helper like mech. And then, so your skill tree is, you know, you have a skill tree based. One of the skill trees is based around your mech and having this like mech run around with you and stuff as your backup or as your tank or whatever, depending on how you build it. And so it, it had a lot of fun and they, the DLC added the psycho as a character where it's like a melee character in this gun game. So it's a lot of, yeah, a lot of fun stuff in this, in Borderlands 2. A lot of fun game, and, and the voice acting is really good, and it's it's pretty, yeah, it's honestly hilarious a lot of the time. So, yeah, that's that's my that's my Borderlands 2 plug. I do have a couple comments to read since, since we brought up. From Nate McKellion, he said Borderlands 2. From, I know I have more I was just looking at. Oh, from Steve Lusiter. I'm old and don't remember stuff, so I had to check a release list. My favorite was Borderlands 2. And from Zach Zek, Dishonored, I will say I played a lot of Far Cry 3 and Borderlands 2. I still play Dishonored to this day, which I do want to talk about next. If, anything last to say about Borderlands 2? Yes. Oh, yeah, go for free. I have a couple. Yeah. I The only bad thing about Borderlands 2, which I would I hate to bring up, but it is true. <laughs> who, make, who makes it? Uh, it's not Activision. Gearbox. 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 Yeah. Gearbox. Why would you fuck me on this game, Informer? Sorry. Gear, Gearbox, <laughs> Gearbox uh, is kind of a shithead. The guy that voices Claptrap does not does not ever get paid any royalties. He's oh. one of the creators of the game, and they like they they make so much Claptrap stuff, and they just refuse to pay him. And the worst, that like, sucks. the worst kick in the head is they replaced him in three, and they got like the guy that voices Claptrap now to be like, "Oh yeah, hi, I'm Claptrap. I you know I get too much money, even though I have enough of it." And it's basically just making fun of the dude. And it's like, oh, and that's. That's, that's also pretty that's, rude. That's gross. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the, yeah. the guy that the, the lead the, the lead guy at Gearbox that they really, really Yeah, he's yeah, the one they, that made that yeah, it was twenty nineteen, so it wasn't this year, it was Borderlands three, but there was a, that's where that tweet is. He made it he went on a tweet rant that I was making fun of just now. Yeah. And, uh, shout out yeah. Uh, Andy Reiner, former uh, editor in chief of Game Informer, now works for Gearbox. Yeah. Which I was sucks. I was surprised when I saw that I'm happy for him because I feel like he's getting off a sinking ship. Not, I mean, Gameform is great, but I feel like GameStop is going to run that thing into the ground because they are just not smart. 
I think there's been a general sense since the the original round of layoffs right before uh, Andy McNamara left that yeah. that kind of been trending that way. Unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's GameStop is somehow like when they put all their money when GameStop, which is not 2012, but put all their money into NFTs. I think that kind of helped. Like, yeah, they, they ain't gonna be around much longer at this rate. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I'll say about Gearbox, they're in my state. They're they're headquartered oh. in in Texas. I think they're in Dallas area. I think if I'm correct, that makes two. And I was um yeah, and I was I was at a a, one of my former students' uh, wedding, maybe a couple of years before Borderlands 3 came out, and I was seated, seated at a table uh, with a former student of mine and her boyfriend that she met in college was there. They had both just graduated from college because I'm old enough that my former students are all grown <laughs> up. Uh, a bunch of them were grown ups and stuff. But um, anyway, and uh, I was seated, and her boyfriend, was, I was like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a graphic artist. I'm like, oh, what do you what do you do? He's like, I work in the gaming industry. I was like, well, what company do you work for? He's like, oh, I work for Gear- this company. It's kind of a local. It's called Gearbox. I was like, is it in like the Borderlands series? He's like, yeah, yeah. And we talked and he was like, tell me, he's like, yeah, I'm working on a new game right now. I can't tell you what it is, but uh, I can tell you, you're going to be very excited when you find out that it exists. And that's all he told me. And I knew, and he, yeah, I knew that he was talking about Borderlands 3 is what he was talking about. I just knew that, but that was before they had announced Borderlands 3. So that's my, my little... That's cool. Okay, yeah. I have one one comment to read about Borderlands 2 from somebody. Uh, Jason Klein, Borderlands 2, spent hours playing the game with an old high school friend that lives out of state, my girlfriend, and more recently my son. Still told up to this and such a great cooperative multiplayer experience. All right. Oh, it is a lot of fun co-op. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, the co-op yeah, that's, adds, oh, yeah. the that's the way co-op really helps. To play it, I think. Yeah. I won't, but that's the way you're supposed yeah. to play it. I just, I can't do co-op. It's just too much for me. Like, I, I, because gaming is such a thing where I, a lot of times I'll game for 10 minutes sometimes and turn it off. Or I'll sometimes I'll game for three hours, but it's like, it just depends on how my life goes. Yeah. I wish that Michael Hughes was here because I've got the craziest anecdote about a game that me and him share a history with in Borderlands 2 that just, I almost don't want to tell it because I don't feel like it would make sense to anyone. It's so obscure. But <laughs> if he was here. He was supposed to be, but he wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. That's a damn shame because it would it'd be literally right up his alley. What other God? There was another game I was just going to mention. All of my brain just went dead for a second. I, I know a game I want to talk. Sure, about. go take it, please. So let's segue into another game, but I want to get all of this off my chest. Uh, Silent Hill Downpour also came out this year. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, the death of the Silent Hill series. That's Konami, the death of Silent Hill series. But keep yeah, going. No, so the game, the game, and I don't mind spoiling it because no one's ever going to get around to playing the damn game. Oh, I will be. But it won't be years. Feel free. Yeah, I it's won't gonna be it. years, especially if the game's not gonna be the game's still forty fucking dollars on Steam right now. It's unavailable. It's not on Steam. Okay. Um, <laughs> it it's I'm so sick because they they do it in Homecoming and they do it in this where they they caught lightning in a bottle once with Silent Hill two and they got Silent Hill three, which I think is probably a not a much better game but a good game on its own. And it's like oh the cold stuff's really good. Let's just keep ripping off the James thing. It just keeps putting Pyramid Head and keep having the, the dead relative or old someone you didn't know who was dead is actually dead and you're actually a bad person, maybe? <laughs> and there's... And they never did that. Yeah, the introduction where, like, you... All the choices in this game are all through button prompts. So, like, you can choose to save the nurse. Or not the nurse, it's a cop. You can choose to save the cop, but you're going to hit the A button to do it or you're gonna hit the b button let her fall to her death and it's okay though because that doesn't matter because in an hour you'll see her and she'll be butthurt that she fell and it's it you know it's the downfall of the series because they didn't even get a was the kira yamaoka to come back for the soundtrack (laughs) 
the ending is corn, and I don't even know what song it is. I don't even know if they wrote a new song for this game. It's just... <laughs> And the the enemies are all based off of oh, we, which I think is probably the only decent part of the game is they haven't introduced a character that's been to jail. So it's like oh, you know, we have a bunch of enemies that are based off prison, but it's like okay, so where are they? Oh, it's a guy with like a shiv for a hand. Okay, and then like there's a, there's a woman who screams really loudly and like screams in your face and distorts your vision. I think the only one that I could say is probably cool, but also really weird. They're like blow up doll enemies, but they when you kill them, they keep spawning. You have to find, like, the main body and kill it that way. Uh, the introduction uh, of breakable weapons. You can only oh, break uh, a weapon at a time. You lost me there. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bad game. And the the this is also the situation where it's the same... It also happens in Homecoming where, depending on what choices you make, you get different endings. And I think one of the endings is the joke ending where it's like, oh, it's your birthday, and Pyramid Head comes in, and he cuts a birthday cake, and ha-ha, funny jokes, the UFO ending. And I hate to be one of those guys where it's like, I played this game for eight hours, and I got the joke ending on accident. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's um, fair. That would, that's, that would be infuriating. Yeah. And it yeah, but, but Pyramid Head is associated with James because of what he did. It doesn't fucking sound hell. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of what his name is. The is it's that name's Ito. He has a Twitter account, and he keeps he talks about all the Silent Hill games and all the work that he's done on them. And he even has a complaint. Like he's like, I sometimes I wish I never created Pyramid Head because they use and abuse him. And he even said too that there's a comic that they made which has like a white pyramid. They call it White Pyramid, but it's basically Pyramid Head. And he's like, I don't know why people don't just use that version. Because that one is specifically not made for a specific person, while Pyramid Head is made for James. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole point of of, of that game is what James did. Yeah, and, and he's uh, not coming to terms with it. I think one of the also weird endings is so the whole the whole game you're being followed by this cop, and uh, she ends up finding you end up finding out the reason why she's she's mad at you is because you ended up like it. It, it also depends on your ending too. So what if, what happens to her dad? But like depending on what you pick the ending is where she wakes up in the jail cell and the main character is the cop and she kind of has this look of like oh what the fuck is going on which is a pretty cool ending but it's also really weird this one day awesome. one day this but no downpour you can't Silent Hill homecoming is the only one on steam konami has locked away everything else in that series that cannot be got except through the used market at this point yeah because why i got i mean it's already been, like, Silent Hill Downpour, I'm pretty sure, is already on PC. And, like, when the game has already been on PC, I'm sure it's not that hard to put it. I mean, yes, I know, plat, you know, putting... Okay, no, Downpour only came out for 360 and PS3. Okay, that, that makes a little more sense. But, like, if a game can be on Steam, just put a game on Steam. Like, there's no point in hiding games. Like, it's going on. Yeah, you still can't fucking get PT, which is... The crazy that you'll, that'll never be. I mean, that'll never be available oh. legitimately. But wasn't it Ko- Kojima that was involved with PT? Yeah, yeah, and they hate Kojima. Oh, so, yeah. well, yeah, exactly. it was it was a but it was like a a demo to kind of demonstrate to kind of uh, tease the new Silent Hill. Again, it's never going to happen. It, yeah. It, yeah, that that'll never be. If you can find a way to pirate that, do it because it's never going to be available legitimately. I, yeah, I'm, I've got my PS4 with it on it. That's the only reason I will not sell or ever get rid of that ps4 hey you sell it for hundreds and hundreds of dollars because of that people are dumb mm-hmm. 
I'm sure yeah. there's ways to get it on the internet. Everything's on the damn internet. So I yeah, I, I'm a weenie. I don't play any. That's why I've been quiet during the the uh, Silent Hill and Resident <laughs> Evil uh, sections. I, I I don't play any of those games. I don't blame but, you. Uh, I I hate horror. I, games. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about them though because I'm interested in hearing about it. I just can't play them. I fucking hate horror games. Fucking terrifying. I hate them. Play them. I play them once a year. I play six or eight of them. One or I use about six, seven of them once a year, and that's it. And then I'm done. I won't touch them again the rest of the year. <laughs> I do not like horror games. Speaking of of you know Silent Hill, this is also the same year that the HD collection came out. That's right. Oh. Yeah. And that was on PC, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not anymore, but it, I thought not it was anymore. at one. Okay. They also redubbed too with like professional voice actors, and there's a scene where they they. That's one. It's one thing that you can tell Konami didn't give a shit about Silent Hill, which is really stupid. They they didn't have the original soundtrack for one of the really like sad moments. So they had to play the heavy metal guitar version and it just ruined the entire scene. Guitar solo. Yeah. One of my oh, favorite yeah. and most frustrating uh, developers. I do have a, a small game I want to mention that means a lot to me. Uh, Lego Batman 2 came out this year. Mm-hmm. And that's a oh, game that's that cool. I actually did play with my son. I think he was five or... Ah, oh, God. He's born in 2009. Or no, 07. What am I saying? 07. So... He was young, and we were, I don't remember what, I think it would have been 2013 or 20 by the time we played it, but I remember playing it with him, and just, like, one of my favorite memories, and the reason why this game even means anything to me, is because I was, I was at work, and I came home, and he was waiting for me, so he hooked up the 360, or it was already hooked up, he had to turn on, he put Lego Batman 2 on, had two controllers, and he just sat there for hours, just waiting for me to get off work, come home and play the game. And mm-hmm. that's always stuck with me, I didn't, I mean, it was, I, the only reason I didn't like playing the game was because he wouldn't do what I wanted to, he, I, I want to play the game, he would I got a kid, so he just wanted to screw around. I remember that, and he'd kill me instead. But it was something that we did a lot of playing that game together. That was a game that, like, I wanted to do the missions, it didn't work. But, like, I still had fun just screwing around, just playing it with him. That, that's what, yeah. I wanted to share that, so I don't get to share that at all. Because I never talked nice. about Lego Batman 2, because there's, yeah, it's okay game. It's not that great. Yeah, I bought the uh, Lego Batman trilogy, because my son and I liked the uh, Star War- Lego Star Wars together. Mm-hmm. And we played Lego Batman 1 a little bit and liked it, but we never got to 2. So I, have pl- I have it sitting on my Steam library, but I haven't played it. Two's okay, but it tricks you. Like if you look at the games as DC superheroes, and you see some of the trailers, you see Superman and Wonder Woman. Green, they're not in the game till the very end of the game when everybody shows up. Uh, yeah, it's mainly Batman and Robin up until the end, and then you get the whole. Then you get the Justice League to screw around in, and it, so it's it's okay, but the game only means something because of that experience. And I have, nah, I have, I have no interest in going back to it. Yeah, that's all I got for that one. Joe, any more games you want to mention? One that I don't want to get into because it's spoilers for specifically you for a series that we're we're very much going to uh, be getting into, which is Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. I I mentioned earlier about uh, the uh, DS thing. In this case, the 3Ds. It's a 3DS game, so it's 3D Dream (laughs) Dream Drop Distance. Well, this is the the game where like it's really weird because the only reason why this game exists is because Square Enix was like. We need more games for different consoles. <laughs> okay. And I don't understand why Square Enix thought that was a good idea, because this one actually is, like, super story-heavy. And I also feel this is where the game series completely goes off the fucking rails. I feel like that happened five minutes into the original Kingdom Hearts. I yeah. agree. I would say, I feel like Kingdom Hearts 2 is when the story <laughs> kind of... Oh, God, like, I, I can't wait. Like, we did Kingdom Hearts 1 of the show episode 175, I think? And we're doing Chain of Memories uh, early next year. We're going to finally play Chain of Memories because I, I need to get through that series. But God, that series is fucking weird. Yeah. 
No, Dream Drop Distance introduces time travel. So. Oh. Oh, that, no. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that then it it's really the whole everything. It really is the well, everything's explained, and because three is going to end up being just the new story that finishes the series. But I feel like Dream Drop Distance is where it's like, oh, well, this is where everything ends up being explained and reasons why some things happened and some didn't. And I still think the funniest part of that game is the one of the levels is Tron, the new Tron. Okay. You have you have Riku with who who plays the dad originally jeff goldblum no not jeff, jeff, jeff bridges okay it would be so much better if it was jeff goldblum just saying <laughs> it, would, it would be something but it's it's riku on like a ship with like and he looks over at like jeff bridges he's like hi i'm riku and he's like hello i am the other guy dad and it's like this is really weird <laughs> okay yeah adding live action disney stuff to kingdom hearts is a choice <laughs> I, I don't know i'm not a kingdom hearts person really um but but i i do enjoy like listening to people talk about because it just well, sounds so case, bizarre if you haven't listened to it yet there's an episode where you go check out you can listen oh, to joe and, and explain it to me that's true <laughs> for three hours i saw that yeah. on the list and i was like oh i bet they're going to talk about that i'm I, I do i will play it one day like i i want to get more into the series because i i played one and two and then i just never touched the series and... is it in the console collection they have yes Okay, so you don't have to have a 3DS to play it then. Yeah, because I think one of the issues they had with it was it was made in Unreal Engine 2 or 3. Because the new one's 5, right? I got nothing. I don't know. I don't know. They couldn't figure out how to put the 3DS game in Unreal Engine. And after like years, they finally were like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and put it on the PlayStation. So they you can play all of them on the PlayStation and I think uh, Epic Game Store. Yeah, they're on Epic Game Store. So they exist. Uh, one day. I'm trying to work my way through that series slowly. It's not... It's hard. Because it's just painful. <laughs> uh, Blake, any other games that you want to mention? Because I think we're getting near the end of... We're going to go to a few comments and then our top three. Yes. So I'm just, I'll just tick off some real quick that we don't want sure. to talk about. Let's see. So that was the year Minecraft came to Xbox Live Arcade. So it was the first time that a lot of people were introduced to Minecraft if you weren't a PC gamer. So that, that was pretty cool. I played a lot of that, especially when it first came out. Uh, Max Payne 3 came out that year. Oh, kind of a yeah. interesting. Um, but the one I really want to talk about, it's, 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 it's another indie game. It's like a 2D, 2D Metroidvania called Dust and Elysian Tale. Mm-hmm. That's it's a good game. Of, it's a, a fantastic game. It's like a hand-drawn art-style 2D Metroidvania. And then Mark of the Ninja is another like small indie 2D stealth game. Oh, yeah. So this was like kind of kind of the early still years of like Xbox Live Arcade. So it was still kind of a novelty to, you know, just be able to download these smaller games like directly to your system and play them. So I just it, those two stick out to me. And I remember that the, the previous year, that was like when you had like Braid and Limbo. So I was really getting into these like 2D kind of smaller indie puzzle games. Fez, you know, we've already talked about um, Unfinished Swan. But Dustin Elysian Tale is one that just really stands out to me. It's, it's, it's a really cool game that, again, just never seems like it got it to do. Yeah, I love Metroidvanias, and I bought Dustin Elysian Tale at some point. I was like, I was like, man, I think I own that. And I like just went on the Steam store real fast, and it says it's in my library. So I own it, but I haven't played it. So Really I'm good, download- short, and very player-friendly. Like it, it's one of those, it's, it's, it gives you a map that kind of tells you like if you've got everything in the area. So it's, it's great. Yeah, because, I really appreciate yeah. that in certain games. Exactly. That's, uh, Metroid Dread does that. Ori in the Blind Forest does that. It's very, 
useful. Yeah, but it's still Dust tough is really good. Where, oh, it's it's a great game. Also, Pokemon Black and White Two was that year. Mm-hmm. I can't count on that. That that's <laughs> another one where I I own Black Two. I own Black Two, but I haven't played it. So it's in my it's in my 3ds case, but I haven't played it, so I couldn't talk on it. I I do like Pokemon, but there's certain gaps for me, and that's Black Black and White Two is one of the gaps. I've heard though uh, that it, it, especially. Cat Bailey of um, you know the Ask the Blood God podcast and IGN and and formerly U.S. Gamer editor in chief, my favorite video game journalist. She is a big Pokemon person, and Black Two is Black and White Two is her favorite Pokemon game. Cat does really good work. So she she talks very highly of it, especially of the battle tower thing of the multiplayer in it, which is not something I ever really touch in Pokemon games. They're very very good very good Pokemon games. I need to play those one day because I've been trying to go through and like finish Pokemon games. Like we played Crystal on the show not too long ago. Yeah. We did Emerald, yeah. but I mean, I also never played Crystal. I played Silver. It's like close enough, but I wanted to go back. And some my next one is either going to be the originals or to go on to plat- Platinum, which I've never touched either. Well, no, I did a little bit, but yeah, I want to play Black and White one and two someday. I'm pumped that no one has even mentioned my game of the year of the year. I can't fucking wait. Same, same here. My game of the year hasn't been mentioned yet. It was mentioned briefly, but we haven't talked about oh it. Oh, God. So. I hope it's the oh. same game. Okay, uh, we do have to talk about... We should we should talk about Far Cry 3. Hopefully, that's not one of the games you guys are mentioning. No, I, I, have, I have Far Cry 3. I actually have... Again, I have every Far Cry game except for 6, but I've only played Far Cry 1. So, I'm bad about buying games and then not playing them. Same. The guy from Better Call Saul, who plays, I don't know his name, he plays Nacho in Better Call Saul. He's boss. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's the villain. He's the villain. In, uh, <laughs> I played movie. Far Cry 3 once for 10 minutes when I was really depressed, and I'm like, I need a new game, and I'm, I'm going to, and I've had it, and I had it forever. So I'm like, I'm going to play this. I didn't, I didn't get far. It just wasn't, yeah. I wasn't in the right mood to go through that game, and the only Far Cry I've ever beaten is Far Cry for Xbox, and I played Blood Dragon, which I love Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon's oh, good. Blood, Dra- yeah. Blood Dragon's amazing. Oh, it's not 2012, unfortunately, but that's a great game. Yeah. Didn't you do a podcast on Blood Dragon? Yep, we did. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I think that's where I think that's what got me to buy it was your uh, was listening to your podcast about it. So, Ooh, nice. All right, I do have a couple comments I'm gonna read real quick to see because there might be some games we want to talk about. Uh, from Pete Shule, looking back at it, 2012 was pretty stacked for good games, and I was playing pretty regularly at the time. I think my favorite for the year is Hotline Miami, but there are a lot of contenders. LC uh, Williams. Far Cry 3, it was my first experience with the franchise, and I really enjoyed it. Eventually went on to get the Blood Dragon DLC. Chad Fujihara, for nearly two years, I waited for Ashura's Wrath after watching this trailer from the 2010 Tokyo Game Show. It wasn't a perfect game, but it was perfectly over-the-top game, exactly what I wanted. That's a great game. Ashura's Wrath. I always wanted to play that. Always. I, and just have to forget to it. If you can find a, I don't know if it's on anything anymore. It or, is. You can buy it on the Xbox uh, Game Store right now. If it's cheap, it's worth it. The only problem with the game is the DLC is the, is the ending. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, you have to work that into the price that you're going to know that you have to get one of the DLCs. Otherwise, you're not going to get the actual ending of the game, which is shitty. But again, it was that time when they did that crap. Well, that, yeah. that's, not how, that's not how I took it. Because when you play the DLC, it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be DLC. It feels like they were trying to make a sequel. And I know for a fact that that game didn't do well. And I feel like what it is is, well, we're already halfway done making part two because you want us for it to come out in a year. Capcom was like, no, just either make it DLC or not. The game's not getting an ending or a continuation. So they just okay. kind of like, yeah, so it's a good game because that DLC is like four or five hours long. And I feel like there's there's a little bit of cut content from it. 
And I feel like if they were trying to make a sequel and Capcom just said, no, either make it DLC or it's not coming out. You're probably Ooh. right. Okay. But it's definitely worth it. It's unfortunately not on Steam, but it's a good game. Like, I, I remember re- it's a, a huge button masher. Like, you, a lot of quick time events and things, but that's fine. If you're in the mood for that, like, this, you'd have to be in the mood for that type of game. But it's, it's, it's over the top action y. It's worth playing. So, let's see. Another one that uh, from Luke Beatty, looking over the games that came out that year, I'd have to go with Max Payne 3, which is maybe my favorite action game ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. We went over it briefly, but that's a good game. Yeah, I, I played. I, I love the original Max Payne. I haven't played. I haven't played any of the sequels, but three, three is legitimate. Yeah, three is really good. That's, yeah, I've heard good things. And from Matthew Schultz, Mark of the Ninja, Holy Green get a ton of flack at Destructoid for her ten ten review at or Holly Green at the time of the point that they fired her and took all her reviews down. What the fuck? Okay, crazy. I think it's a perfect I stealth mean, game that holds up great and is something I try to revisit like once a year. It's a good game. Ten out of ten is probably objectively. A bit high, maybe, yeah, but, but I mean, I guess there, there's no objective reality with reviews, so you can, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's reviews a, it is are all about what the person feels that's reviewing it. Like, I mean, subjective, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a reviewer I, in name now, but I mean, I'm not a paid reviewer, but I'm a reviewer, and I mean, like, again, it's just subjective. Like, I mean, people are stupid, companies are stupid sometimes. Uh, it's certainly not worth getting up in arms. Not firing yeah. somebody over and taking out all the yeah. reviews because they gave a stealth game a ten out of ten because they really loved it apparently. And it is a good game. Like it's not like it's yeah, it's not like it's a no. It's a game, highly so. like fucking people. <laughs> all right, here's Fuck. one that we haven't talked about, but maybe I I don't know if we will. From Raymond Carrier. Ooh, well this is a re-release, but I say Ghost Trick: The Phantom Direct Detective. It came out on iOS that year. It was kind of a rare release by then for its original platform. I remember playing most of it while on a shopping trip to Grand Forks with my family. Standing in the checkout while I waited for my dad to be done wandering around Menards, I tapped and swiped at my tiny iPod touchscreen. <laughs> That's cool. And he also That's says... One on my list I want to play. It me, uh, Michael Hughes is a big fan of that game, he, and he always talks about it. I've never... Play, it's on my list to, to, because of him to try it one day. And the other part of his comment is, if we want something new, I say Fire Emblem Awakening. It's a game that managed to get the Fire Emblem hooks into me. I played the GBA game, but never really did anything for me. But since Awakening, I bought almost every game, put dozens of hours into each. Never played. Uh, I'm in the middle of three houses right now. That's the game I'm playing. Oh, did you say Fire Emblem Awakening was 2012? Yeah, yeah, it's oh, the yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, that's my first Fire Emblem game. I loved Awakening. I didn't, oh, nice. I didn't see that. I didn't put it on my list. All right, and then I have a couple others I want to read. Uh, I don't know if we can talk about this, but we can, we can try from Zach Harris, Xenoblade Chronicles. Never played it, but would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, As never a guy who it. loves Xenogears, never touched it yet. I, so. I'm gonna tell you like something about the. Voice acting, animation, art style, and everything of the Xenoblade series really puts me off. Honestly, I have I'm in a couple of, a couple of discords where they are like huge Xenoblade fans, and people are just like talking up real big, and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I believe you, but man, I don't know something about it. Just like I just man, it, it's repellent to me personally. Looking at it, I maybe if I tried it, I would discover that I love it, but. Oh, and one random thing about Asura's Wrath that I want to mention is Asura's Wrath is a DLC where you fight Ryu and Dark Ryu. Uh, I thought it was uh, the other guy. Akuma? Yeah, it's Akuma. Watching it right now, it's Dark Ryu. Oh, okay. It was Ryu, then he becomes Dark Ryu. I think there might have been an Akuma one, too, Ashel. That was an Akuma one. He kind of looks like Akuma. It does look like Akuma. I mean, Dark Ryu is essentially Akuma, isn't he? Kind of. I don't know enough. I would like to talk about Far Cry 3 because it is on my top list, my top three list. Okay, and then we'll definitely talk oh, about it. Oh, yeah. That. No, feel free. 
Far Cry 3, I think, is a really good game, and it really comes back. The one issue that I have with it, not with the game itself, but with, with it in general, is it starts off the Far Cry series of, hey, every game needs to have a tower, and you have to climb that tower to open up. Gotta climb the towers. Yeah, and then you and then you gotta. But they also do have some quality of life stuff. I love the fact that they. This is the game where they. It's the Return of the Bow. This came out, and then like Tomb Raider and a bunch of other games. I want to say it might be Hunger Games' fault, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But um, I think you're on something the, there. Yeah, the tattoo system with the level up system for it and the game is really good. I was. Watching it it did someone. have the big like white savior energy that was kind of a little. Yeah, that was a little, a little weird, weird about it. And I think they learn from that because the, the the next game is about like a, the main character going back to like his his homeland yeah. to find out more about exactly. himself. I do. I the, the the guy that plays boss ended up becoming like a national treasure that year too. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people make references to who would be a new good Joker. I feel like that would be a, he would be a really good if he used that kind of like energy to be a new Joker. I would totally watch that movie. This is the guy that is in Better Call Saul. Yeah, uh, Michael Mando. I want to say. Oh, his yeah, he. That is a good call. He would be a good Joker. He's he's. Uh, I, I mean, I I haven't played Far Cry Three, but I I love him in Better Call Saul. He's underutilized in Far Cry Three because he's like the best part of the game. I think because his character only had like two lines, and I think that that line that he has, the line about uh the definition of insanity, was like ad lib, and I think they liked it so much they put it in the game, and. They also put him in costume to make a bunch of live action shorts as well. Oh, nice! That's cool. That's that's cool. And I need I need to I need to check this out. I was just looking through my my Steam list and saw Far Cry Three sitting there with zero minutes played. (laughs) I need I need to get on that because I I really did like the first game. It's supposed to be the best of the series too, I think. Yeah, but like I said, they it's the same issue they had with Assassin's Creed, where like Far Cry Three was really good, but they realized like, oh man, this. This premise is a really good idea. So Far Cry 4 has towers. Far Cry 5 has doing towers. <laughs> yeah, just keep yeah. And it's like, if these games didn't come out every year, they probably would have done a lot better. But because they did, people just got sick of them. Does it have the uh, base defense command uh, mechanic that is in uh, Blood Dragon? No, I think they put that in the Caveman one. Oh, okay. Oh, Primal. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So... Because I, I, I was thinking Blood Dragon was the same engine as 3, or maybe it's 4. It is. Oh, it is three. Okay. Yeah, because Blood Dragon is a deal. Blood Dragon is a DLC for three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I because I, I played a lot of Blood Dragon and I really liked it. I liked Same. it. So I, sh- I should give. I need to give, give give three a go. Oh, and I have a random game I need to mention. It won't be long. Uh, Final Fantasy Dimensions came out this year too. It looks like. What's that? Oh, no, oh never mind. That is. <laughs> came out for Android. It's it's a Final Fa- a new Final Fantasy game they made for Android and iOS that you could buy. That was like a full-blown new Final Fantasy game made in the old pixel style. I bought it. I played it a little bit. Never got far. I just, but it exists. It came out this year. I gotta say, I consider myself a big Final Fantasy fan, and I don't think I've ever heard of that before. It never came out on Android, and they just let it go. I don't know if it's even still on Android, to be honest. I'll say uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm came out like a a few days before Christmas uh, 2012. Yeah. For the 3DS. So I saw that on there. I tried to play that. It didn't work out so well. I just, I, I mean, I'm not a rhythm game person, so I just, I've never, even, I've never even touched it, but it's getting re-released, uh, like remaster with a bunch of new songs and stuff on switch. I think soon, if I'm yeah. correct. And it's, it's oh. got like 
a bunch of, you know, it's got music from other Square games. So Final Fantasy Dimensions is still on, you can buy it on Android for $14. Jesus Christ. That is why we never played it. Like, <laughs> it, it's Square, very much. Square wants you paying like $20, $15, $20 per game for mobile games. I mean, I guess, you know, it could be worth, I mean, I guess it's worth it, but it's just like people aren't used to paying that much for mobile games, I don't think. No, I mean, it's a full game. Like, it's a full, full blown game. And I remember I bought it. But I never, like, I, I can't play phone games easily. It's very hard for me to stick with one, even, like, something like that that has an ending. It's just hard for me. And I yeah. had emulation, so I'm like, I can emulate anything I want. What do I care about this thing? So Yeah. There, need, there needs to be some kind of rule to where if, like, if your game's been out for more than, like, five or ten years, it needs to be less than $10. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, I love, like, Final Fantasy VI. I love Final yeah. Fantasy VI, but I'm not going to pay Square $15 to play it on Android. <laughs> I've had Final Fantasy VI since the nineteen, since the early nineties and mid nineties. <laughs> but they want your money, damn it! <laughs> again and again and again. <laughs> they want your money to help towards that uh, Chrono Break game that's going to come out someday. Huh? I I have at this point bought four copies of Final Fantasy VI between <laughs> Super Nintendo, PS, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation uh, Four or Five, and freaking P, uh, switch and oh the super nintendo one i mean uh the snes classic one <laughs> just come on <laughs> but, no, no i don't i mean that's that's neat i never heard of this game i mean it's, it's cool that it exists but, i just had to mention it yeah and there's, we a are... couple, there's a couple of big mobile games we didn't mention um this is when temple run came out oh i know I, I i don't think it's like a good game but i definitely played it a lot because when it came out i didn't have very many mobile games I'm going to read two more comments, and we're going to go to our top three. Uh, from Carl Klein, maybe XCOM enemy, enemy Unknown? 2012 was a lot of beer ago. I can't remember what all came out. <laughs> a lot of beer ago. <laughs> enemy and Unknown from, did come out then, yes. From Angel Johnson, A Journey, which also came out in 2012. I was very surp- I was literally looking at it on my list, surprised that no one has brought that up yet. I've been purposely waiting on it, but... Okay, <laughs> well, I go. figured that might be the case. I figured it might be one of somebody's top three, so I didn't want to it's, mention it's it. It's not. It's one I've. I I know. I've. You know. Again, I've. I've read about and stuff, but I haven't actually played. So I know it's, it's really important. But it's we just can't say a lot about it. But you should play it, and it's on Steam. Does it still have the asynchronous um, stuff to it, though? I think it does still. Yeah. Okay. Because I know that was really when that. Yeah, when that's that part happened, of the. You have to have that. I'll say that was like a really unique aspect of it. I know when it came out that everyone was like really interested in. Yeah. In my, fa- in the favorite gaming memories, uh, part two, one of the guys talked about his favorite game and it was journey, his favorite yeah. journey. So but no, it's a great game, but it's not, we, we can't really talk much about it because it's not a, it's a game that you have to experience. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to top three games. So each of us have, I mean, if we haven't talked about, feel free to go into it. If not, we'll just make it more brief. And Blake, what about you? Um, this was tough. My number one again. Uh, all right, so I whittled it down. I think I landed on Dragon's Dogma, and then I just had to tie between Walking Dead and Mass Effect 3 for that second, but I just couldn't do mm-hmm. But my game of the year is a game called Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward. This is a sequel to a DS game called 999, <laughs> Nine Hours, Nine Doors, Nine Days, I can't remember, something like that. Um, something like that, yeah. Has anyone here played Zero or the series? I know of it. No. Okay. So, I know of it it, so it's like a visual novel slash escape room simulator, I guess you would say. I'm just going to spoil some shit. 
So in, in the first game, 999, the DS game, fantastic game. Again, like a visual novel escape room scenarios. The big twist is that your main – so it gets into like a lot of cool physics. And one of these is like a kind of like a sort of quantum entanglement situation to where essentially – a girl, the girl that so you wake up on a boat and you're all trapped. Um, you've been trapped by some mastermind. You're playing death games to try to save your lives. It turns out it was put together by your your friend, a girl who's like a late teenager. And the whole twist is that herself, as a young girl in the past, is like quantum entangled with herself in the future. So you can solve the puzzles, and then she solves them as a little girl by watching you do it which allows her to escape the boat, grow up to become an adult, and then put you on the boat so she can watch you solve the puzzles. It's fucking bonkers, but it's... That is bonkers. Uncovering. That is insane. So the second one gets into um, like multiple timeline stuff in the sense that... So it's got this big branching narrative map that you can access at any time. And you, you kind of... So you'll hit a puzzle, for instance, with like five levers, pull a lever and you, you, all five of them kill you. So it kind of locks and you're, it's like a hard stop. Well, the in, in game, one of the explanations is that like you're living multiple timelines and sometimes you can get uh, glimpses of another timeline. So if you hit a dead end like that, you just go to your map, go to another path and you may see hours down the road a note that's like, oh, pull levers three, four and one in that order. All right. So then you can then go back to the original timeline and your character in game will have a flash of like, oh, God, I know I know the solution, but I don't know how I know it. It's because you, the player, have played these multiple timelines and now your in-game character is getting flashes of those other timelines and realizes he knows how to solve the puzzles because you just did it, but doesn't know why. There's a lot of fucking meta knowledge. and Okay. It's See, this fantastic. kind of thing where you're explaining it to yeah, us? And if we don't get it, we won't matter because by the time we play the game someday, we'll have no idea what you're talking about. And this is like a, a, a five five percent of the twist. It gets so much crazier and bonkers okay. than that. And cannot recommend those two games. Now, if there's a third game in the series two, I, we can forget about that one. I didn't think it was near as good as those. But those <laughs> first two games together, and it, it, you really have to play the first one to make the second one hit as hard as it does. But Oh, they're just so so fantastic, and, okay. and cannot now, cannot recommend enough. I now want to play these games because I was I I'm a huge fan of the Ding and Ropa series, and I know me too. It's, it's the same people who make those games. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Now I have now since you, that's what that game's about. Now I have to play it because that sounds fucking awesome. Ding and Ropa, yeah, was one of my all time favorite game series. So I'm glad to have a kindred spirit here. And yes, very similar, uh, same team, kind of same direction, east stuff. Yes. Oh, I cannot recommend it. Okay. Anything? Any other games to mention, or was that your top three? I'll just throw. Uh, yeah, th- there's literally two or three games left that I just just to mention: Final Fantasy thirteen two. God, that's twenty. Torchlight. Yeah, Torchlight two. Thomas was alone, and Super Hexagon are just games that I enjoyed from that year. Okay. Uh, what about you, Carrie? Uh, okay, so my my number three we've mentioned is Walking Dead season one. My number two is Diablo three. And then for my number one, it's a tie between Mass Effect 3 and a game we haven't really talked about, which is Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> oh, God, yes, so we need to talk about that. So thank you. I, I, I'm currently in my, I'm playing Persona 4 Golden, so that's why I, 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 but I think it would be on track to be on a level with Mass Effect 3 or maybe higher. So I, I tied it. I got the original Persona 4 on PS2, and I played um, 
nearly, I talked about this on um, a recent episode of podcast, but I got maybe like, uh, I don't know, maybe 35 hours in or so uh, I got to, uh, I gotten kanji in my party and oh, the yep. kanji bathhouse dungeon just really put a sour taste in my, my mouth about the way they were handling things, Yeah, which I, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, you know, and of course I, I am, you know, I'm cis male and all that. So, you know, I, I can't really speak to whether it's okay or not. I've, I've had some, some friends of mine that are, that are gay that, um, that still like it in spite of that, or even think that maybe I'm missing the point on it and, and that's fine, whatever. But it kind of put a sour taste in my office. So I put the game down and I didn't play it for like a year. And then Persona 4 Golden came on Steam and I sold my PS2 copy for double the cost of Persona 4 Golden on Steam. And so I bought Persona <laughs> 4 Golden on Steam. So it's like I got it for free, basically. And uh, and I am loving it. I, I played, I'm, I'm again about 30, I'm 34.3 hours according to Steam. And, uh, but I'm way further this time because I, I know what's going on and there's some stuff that, like some dialogue that I, I can skip or whatever. So I've gotten past, uh, I've gotten past that part and Kanji's become one of my favorite characters now. Okay. Which people told me would happen if I kind of got past that and let him become an actual character. And as an actual character, I really like him as a character now, um, much more so than I did before. And so now I've gotten through Rize's dungeon and I've gotten Rize in my party now. And But I haven't actually, I say in my party, like she's in my, she's on my team, but I haven't actually played with her yet because I'm like right after her dungeon and I'm doing stuff in the, in the waking world. I'm not doing stuff in the, the dream world or whatever right now. So I haven't actually used her in a party and seen what she's like yet as a character. But I like, I'm, I'm really loving the game now. That's I, a great I've kind of, I have, I went, I went from like the first time I played through the game, I was like, yeah, Yosuke, he's my boy. And then the way he acts toward Kanji was a big part of what I didn't like. And this time I'm like, yeah, fuck Yosuke. You're out of my party. As soon as <laughs> Kanji, Kanji's got your spot now. Yosuke, fuck off. And now I'm, it's all, it's Chie, it's, it's me and Chie and Kanji and Yukiko. And I really like Chie and Yukiko. I like, I love Chie. She's one of my favorite characters. And so I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying the game a whole lot. I had spoiled for me the thing about the uh, last character, the character they added for Golden, the playable character they added for Golden. Yes. Or maybe they didn't add it in Golden. I don't know. They added somebody in Golden. I can't, I think. There's, I don't the, remember. The, the, the kid detective. Oh, no. Oh, that's in the regular game. Oh, that, oh, that is in the regular game. Yeah. yeah, I think I come across him once or twice because he's trying, he's like in, He's like investigating Kanji in, in the, at work when you first meet him. He's like also trying to find out what happened with Kanji, uh, when Kanji's missing, I think. Also, it's not a he. Well, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, in my day, so far as we know, it's yeah, they don't. Yeah, you haven't found out yet. That's why. Yeah, this is a joke. Like I know you're not saying. Right. It, yeah, I, I, I know. Well, we, yeah, I, and I didn't want to spoil that. I'm sorry. Oh no, that I, makes I, sense. I, I had that spoiled for me specifically. A a trans friend spoiled it for me and told me it's like this is going to be kind of gross. But you know, well, not, I didn't not, realize it was not, trans. Handled, not, hand, not handled well. Well, well, yeah, Joseph, you want to joke? Yeah. I don't. I don't want to spoil it, but the all the, I I feel like the whole reason I'll I'll backtrack to that too. Being being a gay man, uh, the whole point of like the was it the metaverse they call it or is that five the the TV world is it the TV world? Up? Yeah, they don't call yeah. it. Yeah, everything's cranked up to eleven, so it's supposed to make the whoever world you're in uncomfortable. So that right. way you so that way you will succumb to the you're not me and you will get obliterated by your shadow self, so they can become a new right. you. Even though that's not how that works, because once you die, they go away too. The cop character, uh, her 
uh, deal is is that I what is it like they're they're families that are from a family of detectives, but I think they're all male. So she pretends to be a boy so she won't ruin her family's legacy. But the the TV universe puts that as a oh well you don't want to be a girl so you you know you want to be trans. So like I think the whole point is like they're trying to make a machine that'll turn turn her from a girl to a boy. And it's weird. Yeah, but they never handle that well. That's okay. that's that series. It's it's the yeah the person yeah, I mean, has always been really the Catherine like that. they did something something they similarly mishandled a trans character in Catherine too. So it's uh, Dangan Rapa as well. I know yeah, I'm yeah. about. I think I, I think maybe about. they're just bad at that. Um, I have one comment. But anyway, Persona Four, Persona Four, I love. That's what I want to say. <laughs> I have one comment to read for about Persona Four for yeah Persona Four for Michael Hughes. Persona 4 Gold is my obvious answer, but I wanted to mention a lesser talked about game, Mark of the Ninja. I don't normally have the patience for stealth game, but this one makes every enemy dodge or takedown super fat- satisfying, plus the unlockables lead to great experimenting. It is good. Uh, Carrie, any, was that all your top three then? Oh yeah, that's my, that's my okay. top three. Uh, uh, Joel, what about you? every game on my list, almost. <laughs> okay. Uh, my, mine's not in a very... I'll, have, I'll always have a very specific order, because a lot of a lot of stuff in my list always mean different things to me. So that's why they're at the top. So in no real specific order, it's going to be the walking dead kingdom hearts and another game we didn't talk about, but it's fine because it's being, it, they just announced that it's being a uh, remastered, a lollipop chainsaw written. By, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Written by James Gunn. This is the yeah, that game came out. I love Suda 51 games. They're hilarious games as, as much as, you know, as, as I would like to talk about it, I wouldn't prefer not to spoil the the remaster. Hopefully, coming out in the next year. So that's that's my. Thought. I did not know James Gunn wrote Lollipop Chainsaw. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When you oh when you God. play it, it shows. <laughs> it I want a lot. I want to play it one day. I own it. I've never got around to it. it. Am I wrong? Is it a fighting game or am I thinking of something else? It's a, it's a action beat 'em up type game. Oh, it's a beat 'em up. Oh, yeah, hack and okay. slash. So. The downside to the game is, I think, because in the game you fight zombies, obviously. Your boyfriend gets bitten and you chop his head off and perform a magical spell. So now she hangs he hangs out on your hip. Her name's uh, I think her name's like Julia Starlet or something like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And she comes from a family of zombie hunters. And there's there's tons of hilarious dialogue, tons of F bombs dropped. I think the only complaint I have about the game is to get the good ending. There go to certain levels, there are survivors spread about, and you have to save every survivor, and I think there's like fifty of them, to get the good ending. But just like Batman, that can be done by just watching it on YouTube. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, and okay, I'll go last. I have three games I want to mention. I think I mentioned. Let me pull back up my list. I think I mentioned everything though so far. Oh yeah, my three are Mass Effect Three, Sleeping Dogs, Lego Lord of the Rings, and not in that order. I just I didn't play much in twenty uh, that came out in twenty twelve. I realized I went through the the whole list of everything it released, and I'm like, man, I didn't play much at all. So I really like Mass Effect Three, and I remember I love Sleeping Dogs, and I really like. Lego Lord of the Rings. So Sleeping Dogs probably be my number one for the year. But nice. so worthy yeah. guy. Yeah. I, and I, I just realized I was looking through my Steam library. I have Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition here. So All right, well, you know what that's <laughs> something else for me to jump on. <laughs> hey, does that work on Steam? On, on not not Steam. Steam Deck, I wonder. Ooh, maybe. Because I'm actually going to be bu- buying a Steam Deck hopefully soon once they send me a letter and saying you can we'll send you one. Pay us. I'm gonna order it. <laughs> I, I want to say anything that's older, that like maybe five years older, you'll probably more than likely be able to play on your Steam Deck. I know okay. uh, we talked about it earlier, Prototype. I had to refund it because it wouldn't start. It would get to the start screen, and when you hit the confirm button, the whole game would crash. So, oh. All right. And Carrie, where can people find you at? 
Uh, hey, I'm on Twitch at Carusetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. I modify and repair video game consoles on my channel, though not a lot lately because of the heat in my workshop because <laughs> I'm in Texas. But I also play a lot of, I, I usually just throw on, anytime I'm on my PS5, I'll just throw it on stream so you can watch me, you know, play through a lot of Elden Ring and so on on there. So, okay. Yeah, that's me. All right. And Blake, did you have anything to plug? No, but I got, I got a question for you guys. I'm a, we're going to do a quick poll here. I need to start either Deathloop or Slime Rancher 2. So, uh, I can't. What, what do I do? Slime Rancher 2 is my vote. I'm, yeah. so I would, I would say Deathloop because it's shorter. But if you want to do Slime Rancher, yeah, I'd probably go with Slime Rancher. I'm excited about it. I haven't played either, so I can't answer anything. <laughs> my 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 fun my fun is my son yeah, my son is a big Slime Rancher fan, and we got Slime Rancher too because it's on Game Pass, so we got it for free. And exactly. uh, he is he is currently loving Slime Rancher too. And I just watching him play it, it's a huge step up just in the visual quality. Like it just looks better. It looks like it has a lot much bigger budget. And so if you like the original Slime Rancher, I'm, I'm betting that Slime Rancher 2 is going to be a good one. If you haven't played it, then I don't know. But Fucking sold, man. That's what I'm doing this weekend. There you go. Awesome. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find over 350 other episodes of this show. We also have done a few other year in gaming, so go check those out. I forget what years we did, but go look. You'll find it. It's our massive catalog. 2002, I know we did that. 2011, that's all I remember for sure. So go look through our catalog and... You can find everything on Podbean. You can find find it on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to support the show, little dollar, you can vote in our Patreon polls. Each month we have different Patreon polls. I don't know what will be going on when we release this in November. So go vote, though. Go check it out. I'll be promoting it on the social medias. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Audio only, but we're on YouTube. You can find us on there. And we have a Discord, so please join our Discord. We mentioned earlier, there's always a link in the show notes, and we just you can talk with us. And I'm going to give a shout out to my awesome intro, outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Half Sphere. You can follow her on TikTok. And shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast in the MCU uh, called Gamer Looks at 40. So check him out where he interviews people, how video games affect their lives. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye.